Hello and welcome to Maximal Fire, the podcast for Princeps. I'm Alex. And I'm Johnny. And today we're going to be talking about how you get into Adeptus Titanicus. And if you are brand new to the hobby in general, we've also got a few hints and tips for you there. Now, if you're watching on the YouTube channel, you'll notice that we've changed format again. This is the uh, the second iteration. Um, you'll notice that Johnny is sat in the lovely pink room uh, where we normally record. I'm sat in Casa della Peak. Um, and if you're watching, you can probably see the whole heap of junk behind me. Um, this is actually tidy uh, for me. Um, we've got the parents coming down to visit us this weekend. So, yeah, it doesn't get any better than this. It's why I chose to film out here, Alex. <laughs> the uh, the desk would be a, a mistake. Well, <laughs> we all know the real reason why you're out there is because the missus kicked you out and said that you can't have the whole house to yourself tonight. That's fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the reason that we, we're, again, experimenting with the format a little bit is um, largely uh, we want to try and capitalise on the amount of time that we have when we're in the studio, uh, also known as uh, Johnny's Back Garden, um, to film some more content, film some more battle reports. And we figured that the podcast could very easily be done in a very similar format to how we've always done it uh, back when me and Ben were starting the podcast off. So, um, yeah, I hope you enjoy. Do give us some feedback. Um, if there is, um, if you prefer this, if it's better, if it's worse, do let us know. We like to take constructive criticism. But, yeah. Um, so, Johnny, we're talking yeah. about getting started today. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The best uh, bit. It is. Uh, but uh, it seems... I mean, we're both quite long in the tooth when it comes to this hobby. So mm. hopefully people yeah. will kind of uh, <laughs> see see through that. Like we're saying, I mean, get started. But, we, you know, we've got years worth of equipment and stuff that we've bought. There's, there's two different types of people that might be interested in this. There are the longstanding hobbyists that maybe play other games workshop games, you know, Age of Sigmar, Warhammer 40,000, Horus Heresy. Um, and then there's people that are just completely fresh to the hobby uh, with no kind of experience of, you know, miniature wargaming as a whole. So hopefully this uh, this podcast will give you a bit of a, a heads up in the uh, do's and don'ts of, of getting started and maybe save you a bit of money along the way. In our humble opinions. In our humble opinions, yeah. So... For those of you who don't know, Johnny um, is the man behind the cameras uh, in our recent videos. Um, he's our producer, chief editor of the um, the video battle reports. Um, but other than that, Johnny, you've been kind of like lurking behind the scenes. Do you want to tell uh, the, yeah. the people a little bit more about you? Yeah, so I'm the uh, I'm the the tech goblin that uh, <laughs> <laughs> that hides in the corner when the bat reps are going on and tries really hard to stay quiet for about two hours um just a subtle cough every now and again <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> the fizzy drinks i had to cut that out after the first uh bat rep um wow yeah hobby uh 14 15 years now um like most people in our hobby started with uh whammer 40,000. um would kind of be dropped off as a as a kid at uh at games workshop bournemouth um and just be left there kind of a, a, 
a what? Saturday, Sunday. When were you going down to, to Games Workshop Bournemouth as a kid, out of interest? Possibly when you were working there. That's that's what uh, I'm wondering. Like, was, I was, was, was I the childminder? Yeah, you're a bit, probably. <laughs> I mean, who, who knows, right? Oh, if you, um, if you remember Maz, then that would have actually been a little bit after my time, because Maz, um, I never worked with Maz. Maz um, is, is another one of our, our friends, and he, um, he started a, a year or so, I think, after me. Okay. But I, I knew him beforehand, but yeah. Just miss you. That was probably, just miss uh, me. Probably for the best. That was just about to make me feel like incredibly old. Really old, yeah. yeah. Really old. <laughs> so yeah, started there. Um, worked for Games Workshop myself a bit after university. Didn't last long. Um, fell out of the hobby a little bit. Picked up other, other games. Um, and now more recently, I've kind of taken a, a step back from playing the games and i'm kind of really invested at the moment with uh painting uh miniatures i'm you know trying to just uh up my level there because it's it's somewhat nice and chill to work that you can just sit down and do and especially after covid where it was very hard to to play games with people anyway it was just kind of a perfect time to to build up the other stuff yeah and i think you touched on something there as well because like when certainly like I started just before I, I picked it up again after a, like I seem to go in ten year hiatus periods right like I, I I did it when I was a kid took ten years probably actually probably not quite so long came back in, in university similar to you ten year gap came back to it as like a you know young <clears throat> young professional ten year gap and now I'm an old fogey professional <laughs> um, but yeah it's um, it, I I came back in um, just before. Uh, lock, lockdown one uh probably actually the year before lockdown one i started like dabbling into it played a few games and stuff but i only got into titanicus just before um lockdown one started um mm-hmm. and i certainly i mean we could probably do a whole topic on this uh, on its own to be honest but i found that the the mental health benefits um of painting mm-hmm. really helped me through um that that period of kind of being locked up and locked away and just having something especially if you had like a stressful day at work or something like that i find that just being able to sit down in front of a a couple of miniatures and just focus on something really intently is was it's an amazing stress reliever yeah and you, you really don't don't get it until you do it and then once you do you realize kind of you've passed two hours and you're feeling pretty good yeah afterwards um whether or not the model's painted well or not it's just a putting paint to paint to plastic is... yeah the, the quality of it does not matter at the end of the day um mm. you know it's it i would i've always said i'd rather play against painted miniatures than than bare plastic and if people are putting the time and the effort in to be doing that then it doesn't matter what the skill level is it'll always be more enjoyable for me as a player to be playing against some you know somebody who's literally only just put, put to, uh, picked up a brush but it's like um put the effort into their models than than playing against somebody's best converted gray plastic and actually that's that's a, a really good point um and kind of will lead on to a lot with this episode is that don't not paint a model uh because you don't think you can do it the full justice hmm. otherwise you're going to be sat with hundreds of models around you and you're too scared to kind of move on to the next one. Just paint it. If you get it, just paint it. Don't worry about learning a new skill. Um, because the best way to do it is 
you know, actually doing it. Yeah. Um, and for the love of God, don't pay, learn to paint on plastic spoons or uh, <laughs> toy soldiers that are like from the 99p store. It's it's not worth it. Um, just just put paint to plastic. You can always paint over it. I, I, I feel like we've already tangented, but and, and this is a good sign because it feels like it's been a while since we've had a good tangent. Um, mm. But I think, and this is something that we've spoken before. I think, I think it can be quite intimidating as a new player coming into mm. coming into a game. Um, I think personally, Titanicus has a very high bar for miniature quality, and you, if you look on Instagram and stuff, you'll be overwhelmed with like amazing work. And if, mm-hmm. and this is like the double-edged sword, I think, of Instagram, um, is knowing that you, you can't judge yourself by the output of others because likely the stuff that you're seeing, if you aren't following somebody specifically, is something which has kind of hit all of the algorithm check marks. Has got that person's probably got a lot of followers, getting a lot of likes, getting a lot of a lot of hits because they're good, you know. So you're obviously going to see that, but I don't. But you can't let that be. The barrier to entry mm-hmm. um and and the beauty of about titanicus models is because of the scale of them there is so much space that you can take your time and go to town on them and even entry level what i would say would say is like ent- entry level painters or people who've only just started painting um the, the, their stuff still to me looks really really good because the models are just well designed um but then you always get the sickening people and you know he won't mind me for saying this but like like toby on our uh on our discord channel who popped up kind of uh about eight eight months ago and was like oh i've only ever painted two models in my entire life i've only been painting for a year and it's just like cheers buds it's a, it's great a I've been, I've been doing it for like the best part of 30 years and I now feel like a toddler, <laughs> but, but oh, yeah. you know, oh yeah, that's that I, I, Toby, I know he'll, he'll be listening to this. Like his work is incredible. Um, I wish I had that much talent, uh, but there is, there is so many, uh, different, um, what, what was it? I'm trying to say that there, there is so many, so much resource out there mm. these days that there wasn't. 10 years ago that there wasn't 20 years ago like with the youtube channels and people sharing their stuff and their techniques and stuff it's it's an inc- it's like a renaissance i think for the miniature painting oh, um 100% it yeah. really really is um not even kind of fueled even before lockdown and and all of that um there really was kind of a a real push for how far you can push miniature painting and uh, I think uh, there was a there was a time where miniature painters um, like Sergio Calvo, for example, would go and take stuff from uh, more classical two D art. Yes. Um, you know, we're we're in a, a kind of a, an age of painting where we're using oil based paints now, not even just for washes, but for actually applying color to model, which is you know back in the day not really it's something you would, have, you would have heard of at no, all absolutely uh, oil-based would... paint that's too thick well that's not going to my I, model i would never have even contemplated using enamel mm. paints enamel plate paints to me was like um you know that, that that's what you stuck on your model trains you know mm-hmm. you, you wouldn't you wouldn't ever put it on a on a miniature because you know back in the day it would, you'd be waiting for like t- hours for the enamel paint to dry 
but now having enamels where you can use them like it's AK Interactive have got all of those streaking grime enamel based paints and oh yeah it's there's so much stuff out there and so many good YouTube channels that you can draw upon uh, to kind of learn how to do these things but anyway I which think... again yeah a bit overwhelming yeah but we can focus that all of that content down to just some core ideas of what you need to get started in the hobby and yeah. more specifically Adeptus Titanicus. Let's let's park this conversation now because I feel like we're scratching <laughs> the surface of it and there's more of that oh, to come yeah. later on. Um, but let us first go through the stuff that we normally do in the first like couple of minutes. Um, first off, if you do like the podcast, um, please do leave us um, a review. Uh, please like us if your platform allows you to. If you're on um, watching us on YouTube, do like and subscribe. All of that helps get the um, the, the channels uh, the channel out there and, and in front of more people. Um, and if you want to be even more involved, then do hit up our Discord and maybe even consider um, checking out our Patreon. Um, our patrons do get um, access to a, a separate channel um, within our discord and we're also looking now that we're in like a video format we're looking at ways that we can potentially expand um, some of the offerings that we offer to our patrons so I think that's it as far as the um, the, 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 the kind of the admin so to speak um, let's just let's just give a few minutes over to our to our sponsors so I don't know if you saw Johnny uh, but there was a little bit of um, there was some concern uh, coming out of of Battle Bling. I'm I'm not really sure what evil Johnny Core did to Johnny Core, uh, but shortly after the takeover, you know, Johnny had to do a stint away from Battle Bling. So I think he did him over or something. It makes you wonder what's uh, in those filth bags. Well, yes, um, I've, <laughs> I, I've I've done a little unboxing of what's in the, those bags of filth. Um, I've heard vicious rumours um, that um, it was some sort of chemical weapon that was uh, handed over to to Johnny Core by evil Johnny Core, uh, which resulted in his uh, stay in hospital. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's a filthy, filthy bag, and everyone loves a filthy bag. Um, but in all seriousness, no. Obviously, like um, it's great to see that our friend uh, Johnny is doing well now. Um, I think everybody across the community was sending him lots of well wishes. He, he was obviously indisposed um, for a week or so. Um, there is some catch up, I think, that the guys are doing now, um, but they are getting back on top of things as soon, you know, rapidly. And like I say, the filth bags have already shipped. Mine arrived today. I've seen that there was a few more which arrived as well, um, kind of across the community. So, yeah great I, I i love it when they as soon as april was coming up um i said to him i was like what are you doing this year i was like how do you beat the p3n15 from last year which was my idea by the way you know um and I he's think it, it's gonna escalate isn't it yeah because next year is gonna have to be better yeah and then before long there's gonna be some 28 mil scale stuff <laughs> and uh possibly some lawsuits on yeah. incorrect use and yeah, some definitely we'll some, see how that goes. <laughs> there's, there's, some, there's an area there for some Slaneshi upgrades, I think, in Ooh, 28 yeah. millimeter. I think the sort of oh, stuff yeah. that they're kicking out. Um, but yeah, no, um, very silly, very funny. If you manage to get hold of yours, um, it is, uh, yeah, I, I was giggling quite loudly to myself when I was opening it up. 
Um, and I'm sure you'll see that on, if you haven't seen them already by the time this goes out, um, the stuff that the guys are doing. Blind bags, man. It's evil. Like, proper evil. Um, and the Grimdark Terrain update. So I'm quite excited for this one. I know I say this probably every, every single time, um, but I've been starting to think about um, our event in the summer. Um, we've, like decided we're going to go for 40 people so we need to make some more tables so i've been thinking like what what can i do to kind of get more tables out there and the april um grimdark release is uh the piraeus um it, it it's like a refinery um update it's got like pipes it's got silos gantries walkways and like i looked at it and i was like yeah i'm, I'm gonna print so much of this stuff Meanwhile, your printer is crying in the corner right now, just seeing all these. Uh... <laughs> yeah, well, I, I my printer is outside in in the cold of our outhouse, so mm. my printer has been sadly neglected. I was going to uh, say for a number of conditions weeks. for printing, right? Yeah, yeah. No, it really doesn't like it because um, I think there's like an optimum temperature with with printers, isn't there? It's about like around they, they like to be around twenty degrees. I think most of them. I think the Saturns, which I have as well, um, are, can be quite twitchy. I think because of the bigger build plate, the build plate, they're more likely to kind of fail. Um, mm -hmm. But um, now that the weather's getting better, getting a bit of sunshine, it's getting hotter out there. Like um, it will be waiting for me, uh, and then it will be. Well, it will be. It'll be like my my cheese toasty maker um, over lockdown. I think like ignored for months on end, and then rediscovered <laughs> as I open the door, and I'm going to do nothing oh, but yeah. use it for every single meal. I think they probably Breville probably made like an absolute killing over lockdown for people wanting to, um, panini makers. <laughs> oh, talking about right this is a, this is a dentist titanicus talk it's not like bread You're hungry you yes. hungry if you had done it yet it's not the bread half hour yeah i had a very yeah. very disappointing pizza tonight unfortunately oh. yeah I, I burnt it like i'm the, I'm, the, I'm the guy who um can burn oven made pizza like yeah i'm i'm not very good when it comes to that sort of stuff um, don't come around to my house <laughs> <laughs> whatever Whatever, that's it. You're, right. You're banned. Okay, I'm banned. Okay, sorry to inform you guys. It's been it's been no going well. Reps. Yeah, no more battle reps. <laughs> um, no more video stuff. No, that's it. It's done. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's a really cool little update. Um, it synergizes really nicely um, with the extractor um, piece that he released last month. So I'm definitely going to try and get some use out of that. I've ordered myself some more resin. Ordered myself some more IPA, and fingers crossed, we'll be able to. To smash out another couple of boards. Have you have oh. you ever kind of dipped into any of because uh, you've got <clears throat> kind of an, an older three D printer, haven't you? Oh yeah, my I'm just staring at at it right now in the in the corner there, looking very sad. I'm pretty sure all the resin has cured inside the uh, the three D printer. It shows <laughs> you uh, an insight into my uh, into my laziness. Um, yeah, I've got one of the the older Anycubic photons. Um, I say older, it's like three, four, three years old. But in the 3D printing world, that may as well be a, a, a relic. calculator compared to a computer. Yeah. Um, I think unless there's something I really, really want to print, um, it's just not it's not worth the time for me until I get a new one. Um, it's 12 hours for a very small model. And 
it's always a roll of the dice. I think that's and the there's nothing worse than after 12 hours, you, you yeah. come back out and you're like, oh, let's see this really sick model. And it, it looks like someone's, you kind of stepped on it and it's just against the, uh, against the plate. Um, yeah, not, not something I'm willing to put my uh, mental health through uh, at this at this point. But maybe when the sun comes out a bit more, I might feel uh, feel up. But to that's try that's and the biggest change, though, again. isn't it? Like the the newer 3D printers are just mm. considerably more rapid than the old ones. I I've seen some beautiful pictures uh, of the 4K ones coming out, mm. um, and you you get like close in shots of filigree on cloaks, just all the way down, perfectly printed. Um, and it makes me very jealous. Yeah. Um, I just need to find something to um, kind of make me print. And I think possibly some some Adeptus Titanicus train might be it. Well, I think uh, while we're on the subject of this, it's kind of, and we're talking about 3D printers and we're obviously talking about Grimdark. Um, it, is, it is worth noting that I know that Bronco does um, test on, a multi, uh, on multiple different sizes um, of print bed um when he's sort of releasing his stuff like thing even the big stuff like the samson um he's got like a um a version of it that is on the stls that you download which effectively is designed to be printed on a smaller bed um whereas just for economy really like you, if you're printing terrain in resin you, you probably want one of the bigger um the bigger screens i was very pleased um with how my um saturn um kind of handled with that but e e even so like on a big print bed like the saturn it can still it it is it, eaten up very quickly um you have to be quite clever with how you're kind of arranging your print beds to get the most out of them oh yeah yeah anyway um let's just do um some quick newsy news type stuff so events wise um, there's still a few more coming up. If you are in Martinsburg, West Virginia, then on the 23rd of April, hopefully we'll get the podcast out before then. If not, hope you had a great day, guys, <laughs> to cover all the bases. <laughs> uh, there's uh, the Mages event, the uh, Mid-Atlantic God Engine Skirmish. Um, that's at uh, your hobby place in Martinsburg. So hope you guys have a great event. That's the next one coming up. Um, as far as I'm aware, the, Z uh, the destruction of Xeroth Prime is then back in the UK on April 30th. As far as I know, there's still tickets available for these. Um, if not, maybe it's just worth kind of reaching out anyway and see if you're interested and see if there's some waitlisting that you can do. Um, which segues quite nicely into the Goonhammer Open is still on uh, for the last weekend in May. Uh, they are still sold out, but again, if you are interested in meeting up with the Goonhammer guys, there's still, um, well, I, I say there's still, I think there's still 40k tickets available, um, but it's definitely worth kind of reaching out and um, seeing if you can get on the waitlist if you want to do some Titanicus. Um, then in Reading, um, this one I believe is sold out already, is Questionable Loyalties, um, that is on the 5th of July. Um, very, very popular event. Anything in Reading is usually a, pr a pretty popular event. It's in a great location. Um, I know there's a lot of guys from Bournemouth going up. There's a lot of people coming from London. It's kind of a nice kind of middle ground. Um, but yeah, again, uh, do check them out. See if they've got any last minute tickets if you are interested in an event in Reading. And then there's the big one, which is Reactor Meltdown 3 Meltdown with a Vengeance. Just, oh yeah just to continue the 
the Die Hard theme that Ben decided to <laughs> implement at the, the start <laughs> of the one that we did last year. We're trying to work out with the Battle Bling guys how we can get... Because um, we've had um, custom-printed um, Battle Bling trophies, uh, the last couple of ones. The last one that we got was like an exploding tower. Um, but I was saying, like, how can we... What can we do for Die Hard's... Uh, for, sorry, not die. A reactor meltdown with a vengeance. I was thinking like <laughs> a, a taxi coming through an explosion, or maybe, oh, yeah. or maybe a guy kind of like wearing an A-frame board, which on the front of it says something like Corsair. I, ha- I hate, I <laughs> hate, I hate Corsairs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so there's oh, still yeah. there are still tickets available for that event. It is a one slash two day event. So if you can only make one day. Um, we've got you covered. Um, you can come down on the Saturday for the one-day event. But if you want to make a whole weekend of it, uh, we'll probably be having drinks and playing some games on the, on the Saturday night as well. Uh, you can upgrade your ticket and buy the Sunday upgrade ticket. And that will convert it from being a um, like a mini event, a mini one-day event, to being uh, like a, a two-day, five-game grand tournament type um, thing. Thing. Yeah, and there's going to be prizes for both the one day and both days covering over. Yes, so um, there will largely there will be like a um, peer voted best painted on the Saturday, um, as well as first, second, and third, and then we're pulling out the stops for the Sunday. Um, so again, we're going to have first, sec- first, second, and third. The prizes will be bigger for the two for the culmination of the two day event. Uh, we'll also have um, best sport, you know, the usual things you see, best sport, most engine kills. Um, and we're going to do a something slightly different this time. We're going to do judged uh, best painted. Um, so we thought just to mix it up, um, we, we basically people can kind of submit theirs and then a panel of judges will effectively choose from that as to what they wanted to award um, the best painted to. So yeah, um, if you are motivated by prizes, then <laughs> the two day uh, will have the bigger, the bigger prizes available. Awesome. Yeah, should we touch on the battle reports um, very very quickly? Oh yeah, go on then. Um, so the way that we'd, we've been doing these, and we kind of hinted about this earlier on, is. Um, Previously, what we were doing was we were getting together for a day, um, smashing out a battle report, and then doing a podcast straight after it. Um, I think very quickly um, we realised that our times where we can get everybody together is is quite limited, especially as we're going into the summer, right? And everybody's starting to plan holidays and all that kind of stuff. So what we've kind of decided to do, which is why we've gone back to the, the effectively the online podcast uh, way of doing things is um it will hopefully allow us to record two battle reports in one day which will mean that we'll be able to get content out more frequently um and potentially do other things um as well so that is that hopefully that is that is a good compromise <laughs> um i think um this is this is a format as well for the podcast that i'm personally most comfortable with and we kind of realized quite quickly didn't we that we were basically single out singling out guests in the new podcast yeah. uh format we you know 
before we've had you know like chris from tabletop standard on we've had zach from goonhammer we had martin from the states from god engine cast um and it was one of the things that i really liked uh doing was getting people on to the show um and that we couldn't do when we were kind of shackled to a table so um if this works hopefully it does um going back to this format uh with the video element of it as well will mean that we can basically get the best out of both worlds and maximize our our time and effort absolutely yeah so on the subject of battle reports um the last one laniascara versus osadax went out i'm really happy with that one i think we're we're hopefully starting to find our our feet kudos uh, Mr. Eves for all of the hard work and the um, efforts on the on the editing. Yeah, it's it's all right. It's uh, it's not too bad. <laughs> yeah. Although, ask me, ask me, you know, in two months when it's two two a two a session, then we might. Um... Well, don't say <laughs> I didn't warn you. Say. <laughs> don't say I didn't no, warn you. It's cool. Yeah, it's it's really. Um, I think we're we're definitely finding our feet with um, battle reports, which. Um, on the surface, doesn't seem too complicated, but there is so much that can and does go wrong, um, mostly te- technology-wise. Yeah. What was it? So, three hours setting up the last one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Hopefully, we'll get better just, and nail that down a bit quicker. But yeah, I'm I'm very glad we decided to start at, at twelve instead of five. Yeah. Because um, we'd have been there for a very long time. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's great fun. Um, you know, I get to sit in the corner and watch it, and um, yeah, it's hopefully you guys are enjoying it as well. Um, we've had discussions around different things we can change. It. We're going to try and kind of stick to the same format for a little bit, um, and then kind of compile some ideas uh, from from you guys uh, about how we can improve it, and then we can kind of work on that. But we just want to release a few episodes in the kind of formatting that it's in at the moment and then we can yeah we can go from there basically. absolutely um and i think obviously there is always going to be um things that we get wrong um because of the format that we've chosen to do it um with it being that kind of live style to it uh, which allows us to kind of like really explain what we're doing why we're doing it um some of the sort of strategies and tactics and ideas that are going on in our heads um which I think gives us something quite different to, to what's, what else is out there. Um, it does mean that we don't get the opportunity for any do-overs. So if we do, um, if we don't realise we've we've done something wrong at the time, um, you know, we, we will very often kind of accidentally kind of gloss over them and make those mistakes. We've already picked up a, a few from the last one. Really, really useful feedback from the community if you do see something please do let us know we do endeavor to make sure that um you know it's it's obviously as high quality and as accurate as possible but there will always potentially be times where we get things wrong mostly due to the way that i guess i guess the thing which i wasn't expecting is when you're actually filming it rather than playing it there's you feel pressured to not provide any dead air Mm-hmm. so you're kind of like constantly bop 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 rushing through it one uh, thing after the next through it, but you're just trying to keep the flow, flow yeah going. get the pace I, I... up the energy up and sometimes you kind of move a bit mm. faster than you kind of meant to i think it's good to remember as well is because we don't want to have like griffonicus versus furians every week 
Um, you know, Alex and the the co-hosts a lot of the time as well are trying out new legios. Yeah, maybe they've not had a lot of experience with before. Um, just to add a bit of variety, so there's always going to be kind of you know inexperience, I guess, uh, with the actual legios as much as you know you can get through with a couple of test games. Um, stuff's going to get missed. So what? Stuff gets missed at tournaments. Yeah, absolutely. Um, still, still, you know, still a solid battle report. And so. I, th- I think, like, well, we haven't spoken about this yet, but I think, like, when we come to kind of film, um, I'd quite like to get a, a Warmaster report in at some point. Um, I think that's mm. the time when we crack out those familiar legios, uh, you know, that we've mm-hmm. got the experience with that we can just literally smash them out and, um, yeah, enjoy some some big pointed games and kind of mix it up a little bit from the usual 1750. Oh, definitely. Cool. Okay, so um, hobby in general. Um, I've actually mm-hmm. I've started painting again. What about you? Wow. Um, yeah, I've started painting. Not Titanicus. Mm. Uh, I nearly last... spat my drink out there for a second. Oh, no. what, am I even, <laughs> what? what am I even doing here? The, the door's over there. I'll just... Uh, yeah, off you go. See you later on. Um, yeah. See yourself out of your own house. Yeah. <laughs> just walk out on the street and start <laughs> walking into Bournemouth. Uh, the last bit of Titanicus I've done, um, I've I started a new Legio. Always an exciting thing to do. And I had a, a test warlord uh, to do this Legio. Yeah. Um, going for Tritonus. Um, couldn't bring myself to play a loyalist Legio. It's funny um, how people because... kind of do end up sort of pigeonholing themselves. Like, I, I always revert to form myself. And I have to think about pushing myself away from Imperium because I've mm-hmm. always been a, like a quote-unquote good bad guy. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to call myself a good guy by any like stretch. No. But uh, yeah, I've always been a an Emperor fanboy. Um, mm-hmm. You're not. You're a dirty traitor. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, Horus, you know, is a king. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so... Yeah, Tritonus, close enough to, to loyalists. And also, um, so those that those that met me at the last um Reactor Meltdown tournament at the BIC know that um I'm a big fan of, of Legio Volpa. I ran a um hundred percent melee, um, apart from Carapace weapons that I had to take. I didn't <laughs> want to take them, but I had to take them. So I went for the cheapest options, which was warp missiles and mega bolter arrays. Uh, so I, I loved melee. I love melee. Um, I love mutations and and Volpa backstory. I mean, um, Titan Death is is what got me into uh, Titanicus as a whole, anyway. Um, so I was like, I need to actually. I'm, I'm missing a core part of the game, which is the shooting element of the game. That I'm just not playing. <laughs> it does. Yeah, it it is kind of like a. a... A reasonable chunk of the rules, yeah. Which is which is a, a good chunk of the rules. Um, so I thought I want to go for something a bit more shooty, but something I have a bit of fun with, and something that I can avoid reavers with as well, because my Volpa list is very reaver heavy. Yeah. Because you want melee and warlords are too slow, right? So what you're going to go for reavers? They're awesome. So um, Tritonus obviously has the rule that lets you bring in a, a warlord in place of a, a reaver, which actually sucks for a lot of mana pools anyway. Um, so I've gone for that, gone for shooty, uh, with a few warhounds running around their legs. Um, and hopefully, hopefully it goes well. Um, I'll have to relearn the rules again, just to work out what I have to actually do when I 
I put a blast marker somewhere. Yeah, um, I, I do like the fluff for Tritonus. I was very, very mm. tempted to do them myself, um, especially because at the time Ben was talking about doing, um, oh gosh, what are they called? Uh, Venator. Iron Spiders. Ven- Venator. Yeah, 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 yeah. Iron Spiders. Um, mm. And I, I thought that would be quite a nice sort of um, uh, match off uh, the two. The two together. It's very like Pacific Rim, isn't it? Like they're on the planet, they're fighting these like huge mega mega beasts, mega arachnids. Yeah. Um. That's why they're like warlords and, and big chassis because they want the the big stuff to shoot the the giant eight legged monsters charging at them. I'm gonna go um, off on a tangent is... here, uh, very quickly. Like, have you seen the scale comparisons for Panzers from Pacific Rim against Titans? Yeah, the Titans are tiny, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, it always always throws me every time. I, I still can't get my head around it. Like, no. um, I th- I think because I've grown up with um like the the eighties nineties artwork where these things were supposed to be kind of like the size of mountains. There's a very very famous picture of the um Imperator Titan, which is basically coming over a mountain top or something. There was, there was mm-hmm. no sense of scale, and then you realise that a reaver is only slightly taller than a house. Yeah, <laughs> not a reader. Sorry, uh, a warhound. A only war, slightly warhound, hot, yeah. slightly taller than the house. Um, yeah, and it's I can't remember. The, it's only a was it like eight, eight or nine st- stories off the top of my head or something for a warlord. It's like oh, for a warlord. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, disappointing. That's why I put my little four millimeter models though on yeah. uh, from Epic <laughs> on the basis of my um of my Titans because it just makes the scale that much bigger. There's always a discussion online, is it, is it 6 mil better for your marines next to your titans, or is it 8 mil? People are like, well, mathematically, it's actually probably more 8 mil. It's like, nah, nah, screw that. No, 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 go 6 mil. 6 mil, sorry, look, not 4 mil, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. makes them look so much bigger. Mm. Um, and, you know, these are big, stompy robots, and you want them to look absolutely massive. Um, and it means that you can go buy stuff from Vanguard as well to, to adorn your base. with uh, mm-hmm. Is it Wars of Circlum Nova? Something like that. They do a whole yeah, like epic range of, of stuff. It's really cool. I did that with my Crucius. Uh, I bought, they've got a quote unquote, not Krieg, um, Guards Force. Um, and they had like, uh, I bought like some Earthshaker um, batteries, nice. you know, the, the, yeah. the static Earthshakers. And I bought some Krieg guys and even had like little guys on horses and stuff. Like, because I was going for quite a, like a World War One heavy theme. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just I, it to me it it always looks great when you stick those kind of epic scale miniatures next to, and that's the scale to me. It it feels like is is the right is the right scale. Oh yeah. What were oh, we talking yeah. about? Ah, uh, Tritonus. Me, my Tritonus. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, cool. I I've got shooting now. Uh, who'd know? If if I'm feeling productive, um, we might even see them at the next reactor meltdown. Um, but I have a lot of fun running all melee. Um, and I think that, uh, again, we're not going to go too much on a, on a tangent here, but having fun, in my opinion, like going for like more narrative style lists, even in a competitive setting, um, I just get so much more enjoyment out of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not Ben, you know, I'm not, um, you know, yourself even like, I mean, I'm not a, a strong Titanicus player, but like, niche little fun things like that that actually did pretty surprisingly well at the last tournament um and just look awesome and narratively like really cool imagining a uh, a kind of resident evil themed reaver just chopping off the head of uh, of another another reaver is just is awesome that's that's why i did it really 
I was going to say you're kind of doing yourself a little bit of a disservice there because you you finished fairly high on the uh, the traitor side, if I recall correctly. True, but um, traitors also did pretty poorly in the uh, <laughs> in the tournament, so it kind of levels itself out a little bit uh, compared to the loyalists. Yeah, um, yeah. spearheaded by the uh, loyalist Kratos <laughs> yes. at the at the front, um, which made a made a few heads scratch when they yeah. saw the uh, results table. But yeah, I've been talking to Stu um, versus Blue. I've been talking to Stu, who won our event and who won the event up in um, Tyneside. And um, like, I think he's desperate to come on the channel. So I, I, I'd quite like Kratos to come on at some point. So next time he's down, I might try mm -hmm. and uh, see if we can get him on for a bat rep because he's got some lovely, oh, yeah. lovely Kratos. And I, I need to reserve judgment as to whether or not they're um, they're now potentially OP. Let's find out. They've gone. For, have they gone from the worst Legio in the game to one of the best? That Earth, that Quake stratagem is pretty damn strong. Yeah, pretty strong. Um, I was praying the entire time that I wasn't ever going to go up against him because anything with uh, with Quake, like any ordnance weapon stuff like that, just absolutely decimate any list that's trying to move up the the yeah. board. Yeah. Um. So I was just, yeah, avoiding him. <laughs> Very strong. Thankfully, he got really high up in the tables really quickly. So <laughs> at one point, I didn't have to worry about it. But yeah, I think he sat on table one um, for quite a good portion. He didn't get much variety mm -hmm. in terrain, bless him. But, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah. So what what are you gonna do? So you've you've done the warlords. Mm. So what's next? Um, I want to go uh, Regia. Regia. Yeah. A uh, bit of an uncommon one. Um, I know the flaws. Uh, I mean, our friends at Goonhammer, awesome Tactica um, segments. Um, the flaws obviously are that the, the the Warhounds are too fast for the Warlords, and so you lose out on a lot of the, the synergy. Um, but I think it can be done if if you kind of... Uh, your, your first kind of reaction when you have Warhounds on the table is go. Like, just, just let them off the leash and just let them run up the board. And I think it's going to try and kind of make me play a bit differently and have them stay a bit more reserved up until they can get to a point where they can just dart out from, mm. from cover and just blap something in the side. Um, again, like I mentioned before, Tritonis have, have a rule that you can replace a, a mandatory reaver, key their mandatory reaver with a warlord. Because the warlord doesn't count as a reaver, there are very few... Uh, maniples that it actually works in. Yeah, there's there's a couple like that, isn't there? Where um, mm -hmm. um, it sounds like you're getting loads of um, variety when actuality you're not getting too much. Mm -hmm. I mean, so so you could you could have a a warlord in a ferox, ferox um, corsair. Of course, corsair is um, strong for the maneuverability. Corsair strong. I didn't want to do reavers again, so either I was going to run three warlords, yeah. which was. A strong possibility at the time, um, but obviously tactically an objective-based game, not a good shout. And I actually want to maybe try a little bit harder if this is going to be my shooting list. Um, so free warlords a bit too slow. Ferox, cool, cool rules. I want to use plasma on my warlords a lot anyway, so kind of the synergies there are pretty good. But again, it's a a close-ranged. Uh, yeah, manipul, and I'm trying to push myself away from that because I know that I'll end up just having a claw on my warlord. You I could, you that. could have a very heavy fortis, 
couldn't you? Because that would allow you mm. to run three warlords in the fortress. Mm-hmm. I think that would be pretty yeah. hefty. Um, would be pretty nice. But I think that the, the one of the things that the reg, the regia has going for it, um, especially if you're kind of like, so I think you can fit a full regia in a seventeen fifty. Um, mm-hmm. and what you do get there is good chassis for the points. Like regardless of like the the maniple fluff, like it's there's good chassis um for the mm-hmm. for the points there. We uh, Ben ran one in the sixteen fifty tournament that we did in November. Um, so yeah, that's that that offered him some powerful punch because there was a lot of people running um at those sort of points in Reaver heavy stuff there wasn't many warlords outside of an extergamus and an extergamus was kind of too much because you were then really limited with what you could take um mm-hmm. to get three warlords into a 1650 um but the um the mixture between the two war lords and the warhounds is kind of you know you, you can get a, a nice balance in there for the points uh, right. in- interested to see what, how, what what you spend it on in um, in an 1850 because you've got some lots of points left over there. You're going to go full corruption. Uh, annoyingly, um, I <laughs> 1750 for the last tournament w- would have been perfect um, uh, points for kind of what I was planning on building. With 1850, it leaves me about 100 points spare, mm. which is an awkward amount of points to have spare in Titanicus. Because you're not buying knights with that unless you really cut down on some uh, upgrades, and I've not got that many on on my on my things. Um, or you're definitely not buying a, a titan for for those 100 points, and also you're not even passing the threshold to get uh, an extra stratagem point either. Yeah, the underdog rule, um, you mean? The underdog rule, yeah. exactly. Um, so it's it's a bit it's a bit tricky. Um, I've I've kind of spread some upgrades around the the warlords i've not gone for mutations because again trying to step away from volpa um so i'm gonna run them i think as black shield rules uh i like their their um their reroll command check rule maybe slightly defunct in a couple of the the tritonist rules but uh, again we'll play around with it see how it goes i might push them to loyalists although i'll be disgusted in myself if i do um or just go to traitor and just leave them uncorrupted I've, I'm happy to have them sat as black shields. Yeah, I think that Tritonis for me have always because you know they are the one black shield legio out there. Um, it's always I've always not really thought that. I've always I've always thought that kind of like the corruption thing didn't really make as much sense for them because they didn't side with the War Master, they sided mm-hmm. for themselves. Um, they didn't want to be part of the Imperium. They saw it as an opportunity to break away and and do their own thing. Exactly what Oliver said last last session about the Lannisgar as yeah. well. They're, they're not they're not the bad guys. They just want their own little place in the in the universe, not touched by either Horus and his chaos or the Emperor and yeah his genetically modified monsters. Very cool. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing them. Um, yeah. I'm, it's a cool scheme as well. I love painting teal and, and all that sort of yeah. stuff. So I'll have to get we'll them on the channel. Comes. Oh, yeah. Get them yeah, on a bat rep. Yeah. Maybe Vulpa first. I'm a little bit more seasoned <laughs> with those. And then we can try the shooting phase after, yeah. after I've had a... Because yeah, you only have to remember half the rules. Yeah. 
exactly and, and i even kept all my loadouts the same as well <laughs> so i literally had minimal thinking to do um it was it was lovely just sat there drinking a beer playing some Titanicus awesome really worrying about it very nice um i wish i had more to kind of say about my hobby updates like there's um i've, I've been in a bit of a hobby funk uh since the beginning of the year um i started my new legio legio tempestus um which i'm really enjoying painted i painted a war lord warhound and a warbringer for them um and then i got wind that johnny and the battlebling guys were releasing some new base toppers um so i've kind of put them on hold until i can get hold of a few of those um they should be coming out soon at some point i don't think there's a date on them yet i think he teased them on a video a while back um but i want to get them all on that because i don't want them to look the same as my graphonicus uh, so that that project's sort of been parked a little bit because i've got painted titans with not with no painted bases so for me that means i'm not allowed to put it on instagram so at that point it's like why why even bother like that's the only yeah. reason i paint titans is to get stuff on my oh, instagram it's, it's a disease isn't it yeah you, you, oh, you just want to get the likes so yeah. bad farm like, those likes um yeah oh yeah but um so I've, I've i've been trying to do a few nights um i've been um building up a the start of a night household so i, I had Vi, uh, vironi i had a few of those mm -hmm. to start with um I'm continuing with Vironia, I painted up some new ones, realized that I don't like the way that I used to paint trim. So going back through all of those, repainting the trim on them, yay, great stuff. I'm also redoing the bases on them, yay, great. Um, and then I decided that I was going to see if I could do my same trim technique on um, armages um which are teeny tiny they're just a little bit bigger than like a, a 10 pence piece or something uh, a sadist i see <laughs> yeah um my, my trim technique involves like seven levels of paint including washes and uh, contrast and edge highlighting and all this kind of stuff and i can confirm it is a quick route to madness um mm. i'm glad that i did it I'm more annoyed at myself because I want to buy six more, which means that I've now got to do it six more times. Um, but it's been nice anyway. I, I've finally got some paint on some Titans, and and because the um, they're only on the twenty five mil bases, um, I've just done a normal base for those. So I've actually finished three models um, for the first time since January. So mm. yay, go me! Um, I think because we've been. There's, there... Oh, Sorry, I, yeah, I was just going to say, because we've been obviously stacking so much effort into getting the the bat reps up and running and mm. like all of the stuff, like we've been doing, trying to get a lot more content out on the, on the YouTube channels. We've been doing more video editing in general and recording. And it's kind of, uh, my painting has unfortunately slowed down a bit, taking a bit of a, um, hey, it's playing second fiddle at the moment. But I've, al I've always thought the worst thing you can do when you're in a hobby funk is force it because mm -hmm. i've done that before and i forced myself to paint things and i've looked at it oh, at yeah. the end and just been like well that looks rubbish right. it's you straight back in the funk yeah yeah it didn't, and, and didn't that's what i was me. gonna say um those those newer listeners uh or those newer to the hobby at least um hobby funks are completely normal um you you'll not get them for a while when you first start out um it, it, it's just you just don't enjoy it or not in, not enjoy it but you just don't feel like you have the the energy to put towards it um it's hard to really cure but just 
like watch YouTube videos, tutorials, just have a look at like Instagram. I know it's an easy way to kind of realize that there are a lot of better painters out there than you, but all those painters that you're looking at that you're that you're thinking are really, really good also think that there's loads of better painters than them out yeah. on Instagram. There's always someone better and there's always someone that, you know, that's worse, not that it's bad, but you know, you're not going to be the top, but you're not going to be the bottom. So just enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just get inspiration. Um, if you have, you know, a, a little bit of money, uh, to just buy a model that like really calls to you, doesn't have to be part of Titanicus or any games you play. Um, I bought a, a ghost boy from age of Sigma. I just really like the look at, I really wanted to paint and it's really helped me, um, just get out of a recent hobby funk. I now want to paint and want to do stuff again. So just go for it. Just, um, yeah, we call yeah, those call those palate cleansers. Oh, and, yeah. and, and it does. It's like having a little sorbet after a heavy mm -hmm. meal. Um, I've only painted Titanicus basically for the last eighteen months, and you know, I I always I know I kind of know to predict it. Like January for me is always when my hobby funk kicks in because you've got through Christmas, um, like you've had a bit of a break away from the hobby. And that means that it then takes a little bit of time to actually kind of get back into it. And it's always good to have a goal. It's one of the reasons why I've always liked, you know, um, and encourage people to attend events, regardless of your level or experience. Like most of the events that I've been part of or been to have been very newbie friendly, very beginner friendly. Titanicus in general is, is quite a big beginner friendly um, game. Um, but it's nice to have that goal. And you can say... I'm going to get these done for four months' time from now. It gives you plenty of time, and you know it just encourages you encourages you just to go back to the paintbrush and just pick it up again and do something else. But the other thing that's helped me, and this is a shameless bit of self promotion, is our <laughs> um, hangout and hobby nights. Um, like I have the guys on Discord basically saying to me like, "When's the next one? When's the next one?" And we just run like a um we would just all jump on discord and we just stick our cameras on and we just paint and talk nonsense and johnny from battle bling will generally share some rude stories um or like use it as his form of confession um but it's it those kind of things are really nice as well because you can switch off the type of your, the, the side of your brain which is saying to you you've got other things to do like mm -hmm. you know you should be watching that that box set um you know or like oh you've been doing this for an hour and a half now like and you start getting bored like when you're just there with your own company you know you can get distracted very easily and it's nice when you're on those hangout and hobbies to listen to other people and just sort of switch off and have a laugh and the next thing you know I, i've always used it as my trim night um, I always save my trim nights for those because I know it's the part for me which I find quite laborious um, and it means that I can just smash it out and before I know it I haven't even realized it but I've done I've done it all and what I've set out to do absolutely yeah 100 um, percent and even if you you know you're not too keen on actually going to the discord or you just can't make the the dates that we set find some friends or find some fellow hobby enthusiasts they don't have to be titanicus players or anything like that just um people that, that want to hang out and paint um or if you know if you have a partner um sometimes when i'm painting uh my partner crochets just something to sit down and just do a bit of communal hobby and i think it's, it's quite big in the states to do that but it's not as 
as big yeah. here. There was a local hobby shop um, called Fistful of Dice where near where I went to uh, university. They did uh, hobby nights, and that was really helpful, especially when I was beginning to learn as well, where there was a, bit, uh, a few more uh, experienced painters at the table as well. Um, it's just good to have company while you're doing it, uh, especially if you're, you know, like me, and you just get like locked up in your own head while you're sat in silence or even just like, you know, listening to a podcast. It's good to have people around you that you have to interact with and it kind of, you know, lets you, I guess, both distracts you, but also helps you focus on the, on the painting a bit more as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just a little bit of, and I'm not, I'm not going to kind of say that we're white noise, but <laughs> something, something on in the background, which kind of like, is that sort of, it's just going into your head. You're just soaking it all up. Um, oh, yeah. But I think that's how the kind of hobby, hangout and hobby thing started down here, wasn't it? Because we, during lockdown, um, there was a group of us in our local group who just started just jumping on Zoom um, and just, mm -hmm. you know, we were just chatting and just with our immediate friends. And then that became a, a bigger thing when we started the Discord channel. Um, but something else which I think is quite, uh, quite good, um, especially if you're trying to get into the hobby, you're trying to get into that mindset. Um, is something that the the local uh, quite a lot of the local guys did um i think it's something which i've only really heard them talk about it but i'm sure it's a wider thing is the um hobby half hour and the idea is that um every day you try and do 30 minutes of something related to hobby that might be you know you are you spend 30 minutes um clipping some things off spruce and, and start mm -hmm. sticking something together or it might be that um you spend 30 minutes just going through and undercoating your um your models ready for the next time that you sit down and just trying Organizing to kind of your paints cleaning your desk anything that helps your hobby yeah just do it. helps you kind of kind of get into that focus get into that mind uh that mindset um yeah and that seemed to, to to really work for them one of the guys matt um he used to kind of post those updates every day on on instagram as well you know it was often kind of like little things this is what i've done in my half hour you know and again that was another great way for him that he found um to kind of engage with the community um as well of which is you know this this community is very welcoming it's um there's always people out there um looking to kind of offer up their advice and their suggestions which is is always good ah right Absolutely. we've uh we've we've rambled a bit we've touched on a few <laughs> bits and pieces um we're gonna turn this canoe back around and get us back on uh on track i think back at, down on the uh on the stream shall we just go straight into getting started with titanicus let's do it let's do it all steam ahead let's go so we've we've touched on the hobby side of things but say mm -hmm. for instance let's let's take this like literally right back to the beginning let's um let, let's 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 start with assuming that you are new right what would you as a, as a new person to the hobby need before they do anything else like maybe you've bought a box of something but other than buying that what what do you need what do you need to do so i think this is pretty generalistic through all Games Workshop, uh, or no, not even Games Workshop, but all plastic games. Malifaux as well is another example of that. Um, there are some key bits that you need. Uh, it is not Lego. You cannot open the box up and just put it together and it's done. It um, is a little bit more important. Unless it's the push together unless space it's marines. Push to fit. 
yeah. yes uh, but titanicus <laughs> not. specifically is is very much not um i think number one uh one that often people overlook is a uh, a pair of clippers but a pair of screw clippers specifically uh, you can get um hobby versions like model versions they're a little bit more you're kind of looking around the 10 pound mark um but they're so much better than the alternative, which is usually from like a DIY store. Like wire clippers. Uh, like wire clippers. Avoid those. Um, hobby clippers have a very sharp point, so you can get some very fine um, joins clipped off uh, off the actual sprue itself. Whereas the and the, and the base sharp. Whereas the the kind of the, the more DIY, you know, go down to a local tool station, B and Q style clippers even if they look quite fine their blades aren't often as sharp so what you'll find is that you'll instead of like cutting the plastic you'll crush it and and kind of like tear at it um which it can just make so much more cleanup model. afterwards as yeah. well doesn't it like you're gonna have to be spending ages cleaning that up and I, I remember when i kind of went into entoyment our local gaming stock uh, store and um i i was just using for ages like f- from for for probably a decade i was using just like b&q ones and like cleaning it all up afterwards um Mm -hmm. and i was like do i just buy it because because matt again talking about matt again he he bought a pair of 30 quid clippers and i said to him it's like you're mad it's like how can you spend 30 pounds i think they were like red red grass games clippers or something Uh. i was like how can you spend that much like does it really make a difference um and and anyway i i kind of like took that on board i was like you're mad (laughs) but then i went down to entoyment and i i just looked and i saw the citadel clippers you know the normal Mm -hmm. citadel clippers um and I think they were even, I can't remember the exact price, it was something like 15 quid. And I was like... Yeah, a little bit more than that, I think, actually. Are they? It might, <laughs> might, maybe, yeah, maybe it was more like yeah. pushing 20 quid. And I was like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to buy them. Mm-hmm. And the difference it is like cutting butter with a decent set of clippers. But the thing you must never, never, ever, ever do is be tempted to take those clippers which you're using for snipping sprues and take it to a lead miniature or take it to anything stronger than that because kind of like game over. You're just going to wreck them. I have three ruined hobby clippers in my drawer from me thinking, oh, this is fine. I can use it to cut this this bit of metal off something or or part of my metal miniature or um, removing a, a clove security tag that was accidentally <laughs> left on. Um, the metal isn't as strong as you think on these clippers. It just needs to cut plastic, so I don't need to make it that strong. Um, whereas metal apparently used on security tags is a lot stronger. And now I've got nice little uh, moon shape uh, yeah. divots in my clippers, which renders them completely useless. Because the metal uh, is, is quite delicate. You know, you are literally mm-hmm. going to be depressing great big chunks out of it. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's designed... The proper hobby clippers are designed for doing plastic, which is fine for Games Workshop, generally speaking, in this day and age, because most of what they do is um, plastic, and they do work mm-hmm. fine for resin. You know, that kind of soft material you'll be fine with. It's better for better for plastic, but resin is fine as well. But if you do kind of bre- you know hop over the wall and go to like Flames of War or um, Bolt Action, where they do have lead figures. Mm-hmm. get yourself a, a different pair of clip maybe at that point like 
look to get yourself some some ones from Wilco's or B and Q. Oh yeah, absolutely um, for snipping those, those metal bits because yeah, it's an expensive mistake to make. Sorry to interrupt your flow. I just no no that, that um, for me uh, was you... kind of like one of the things which I learned I felt so quickly. Personally attacked uh, at that one. Uh, <laughs> so you should. So you should. My, my head was almost in my hands when you were saying that because I just got a flashback to my drawer <laughs> of of mistakes. Pretty good. Um, yeah, just uh... <laughs> um, yeah. So clippers really important. Don't you know some of these things? Because um, at the end of the day, right, the miniatures you're you're buying and playing with usually, um, especially if they're G, uh, GW a little bit more expensive um, or quite a bit expensive. You want to make sure you do it right the first time because you don't want to ruin your models that you spent a lot of money on. Um, obviously, you don't need to go completely crazy with it, but it is worth bearing in mind that that old adage of, you know, work is only as good as his tools, et cetera, et cetera, it actually does kind of have some merit in these, in these situations. Plastic glue, poly cement. Um, smells wonderful. It is about four quid. Don't eat it. Don't eat it. Yeah, this Don't sniff it. This even isn't Tamea. Amazing. This isn't Tamea clear red. Like let's let's be honest no. here, right? You know, no, it's it's, it's inedible. No. <laughs> um, it's great. Uh, plastic glue. You you'll learn to love because it is so easy to work with. Um, very very quickly. Uh, oh yes, that is the bottle you should get if you're on camera. It is the blue. Uh, Revel, um, I think it's like uh, Contactor Professional or or something. Oh, there you go, exactly that. So um, there's, benef there's of, uh, benefits to doing it on on video because I can hold this video, stuff up. Yeah. But you can buy the game uh, again. You, you can buy the Citadel stuff. You can buy mm -hmm. um, stuff by Army Painter. Like there's so much glue out there. But yeah. this thing has a uh, like a, a, a metal thin point applicator. It's very very thin. Um, the one thing that I, I think quite a lot of them now have. I think the, even the Games Workshop ones have got the the metal Some straw. Do, yeah. Mm -hmm. The one thing I will say is that they get bunged up really, really easily. And what I've found um, the best way of keeping this in check is I keep on my desk behind me a a cigarette lighter. And you've mm. got to be super, super careful, <laughs> but you can, <laughs> be, because it is flammable. Like this, this stuff is is flammable liquid. Um, there is uh, on the top a nice big flammable liquid sign. Um, yeah. But if you take that nib out, if it's ever blocked, um, hold it at one end, light the cigarette at the other end, hold it mm -hmm. over there for a second or two, and a lot of it will burn out. Then immediately quench it in some water before you like do yourself an injury. Like we don't want people kind of like messaging the show saying, "I listened to your advice. I've now got third degree burns uh, because yeah. I dropped it in my lap." Be very very uh, careful. A safer option is you can also just submerge it in hot water. What? Can you? Um, as well. Yeah, it clear, it clears it out quite well. Does it really? Like hot water, yeah. Why did I resort to fire? What does that say about me? <laughs> You're a caveman at heart, Vicky. <laughs> uh, that's that's all it is. Um, it's laziness and quickness on my behalf. Like, I, I, I ain't got time for, like, filling up a bottle of hot water. Like, you know, it's just set it on fire. Just be careful. Mm. Use that water, like, for quenching it in. <laughs> That is bad so advice, plastic glue. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's not a beginner. Uh, no, no, maybe not. Just, just buy a new one if it gets clogged. Don't listen to Peaky. Um, <laughs> plastic glue, yeah, it's it's great. It's hard to go wrong with what you buy. Like I said, I prefer that that brand, but they're all basically the same. It's all the same ingredient at just different levels of thickness. 
Um, I will say, that, so the way this glue works is that it melts the plastic. So whatever you stick, when you stick two bits of these, this plastic together, both sides melt and then they harden and they kind of like join together. The two um, become one, to quote the Spice Girls. The two Girls. become one. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, don't sue us. Uh, so you want to make sure that A, you don't get any on any other part of your model because suddenly that really nice bit of fine detail will look like a gloopy mess. Especially if, if you put you your thumb on it. Scrape it. it. Yeah. yeah, don't try and scrape it off when it's on there with like your thumb or anything like that. Get a very fine like knife or something and, and try and take the worst of it off because you will literally just like rub off details with your thumb. It, thumb, it works very, very quickly. Which is why, again, the needle nose is just a little bit of a safer option, um, if you, especially if you're doing some delicate work with some fine detail pieces. But yeah, really hard to go wrong with with plastic glue. I think just just before we move on to the next bit, uh, just mm. adding on to that, I think this is why um, it's quite important with Titanicus um, to get into the habit of dry fitting your models. Um, mm -hmm. Make sure that, uh, and what we mean by dry fitting is when you're assembling stuff, um, just hold it together with some blue tack or your fingers or something. Find the pose that you want it to to kind of look like before sticking the glue in, because the amount of people, myself included, who has have stuck a, a leg onto a warlord, then realised you've got it on the wrong way round. But at that point, like you say, it's hardened, and you try and take it off. Unless you're really lucky um, it's it can be quite a messy job. Super glue, in yeah. some respects, can actually be better for that because you get a cleaner mm. break when you snap it off but it won't be as hard and it won't be as no. kind of like resilient yeah so just read read those instructions it's so easy to do i almost like recently myself when i was building that new warlord for my trojanus it's just very very easy to do so really pay attention and if worse comes to worse look online and have a look online at a few images because some people there are quite a few online that also have got the legs around the wrong way and, and kind of just dealt with it um yeah just just double check again you know expensive models put the time and effort that they deserve in or you're just going to be shelling out more money and there with is posing as well th there oh, is a, there is a right and a wrong way to put reaver feet on they're not the yes. same the left and right are not the same foot the don't make that mistake are different yeah um with the plastic glue and posing the model as well. Uh, one of the upsides to it is that for a little bit while it's drying, it is a little bit pliant. Don't take the piss and do a full 360 on a swivel because it will just tear off and it won't set very well. But you can, if you're if you're like, especially if you're gluing the legs on of a Titan, the hardest bit I find with, with, with Titanicus and making the models is getting those leg poses looking natural and right. And so having that kind of like semi-set glue to kind of just put it on the base, especially if you've got like a base that's kind of not even, just gives you that little bit of leeway um, that superglue doesn't. Yeah. Um, which brings us on to superglue. Most brands of superglue are fine. I use Gorilla Glue, the gel stuff, because it's not runny. The runny stuff is a nightmare. Just avoid it. It's not worth it. Um, I've got some Loctite from uh, B&Q. There you go. Yeah, there you go. It's about half Supermarket the price sell of it. Citadel as well. Like Citadel stuff's good. Army painter do some good stuff as well, but it's yeah. I I just go economy for scale on these ones, and any super glue generally is super glue, right? Yeah, exactly. It, it again, it's, it, it likes plastic glue. It, there are no differences in the in the ingredients of how they make it. There just might be some variations in how much stuff they put in, but generally it is it is the same. Um, so if you're working with resin, so that can either be full gelled resin or uh, very good friends at Battle Bling um, and their materials as well. 
if you want to add any of those upgrades onto your models, um, super glue will have to do because the plastic glue will not melt the resin. So you'll end up with, um, with basically just a smushy bit of plastic and then the, the resin arm just fall off when you look at it. And likewise, magnets. If you, magnets if, as well. If you want to put your magnets into into arms, uh, which is common, like obviously the, the Warlord has holes specifically for magnets. Mm -hmm. Battle Bling do shoulder replacements for Reavers uh, to allow you to put magnets in there as well. Again, magnets are metal. Poly cement isn't going to do anything, so you need that super glue to um, to do that. And and magnets is you know like it's definitely a thing for Titanicus. It's you know, yeah. Another way. I, I didn't magnetize my Volpa because there's green stuff everywhere. But for my Tritonus, literally every part of it is, is magnetized so that you can switch out loadouts because you'll get to certain points where you want to like change over a weapon instead of having to like tear it off the model. You can just quickly snap it off and snap it back on again. Nice and easy. And it's not hard to magnetize it. Mm. Just make sure that your all your magnets are the same polarity so that they snap together. You don't have one round one way on one arm and one round the other way and suddenly half the arms aren't going on one side and they're being pushed away, etc. So uh, some people paint, go through their magnet set and just paint the the one side so that they're visually different. You know, you know what um, I do? I've actually on my desk I super glued a magnet down onto my desk. Ah, so yeah. I, I make sure that all of the polarities on mine across every model that I do, um, it's the same side facing upwards. So mm -hmm. that it, if it's, you know, uh, that would be what the carapace weapon sits on top of, or it would fit mm -hmm. into the shoulder for, uh, for the um, weapon. But the, I, I just super glue a little one down on there. I, I paint it black as well, so or, or a colour, so you can find it and then just drop it on there first before you apply and make sure those polarities are right and I oh my god I know, I know it's exciting but when the magnets are on give it a good amount of time before you actually try and magnetize the arm to the body because either the the magnet will shoot out one of the sides and join yeah. the other one um or it will actually go together just fine and you'll realize there's a bit of wet glue and when two magnets are stuck together with super glue Good luck getting them apart without completely smashing them because you got the magnetized, you know, polarity plus. Yeah. It's, I, I don't it's... know if, if if magnets was on your list of things to talk about, but uh, well, as we're on that, N fifty two magnets is mm -hmm. is what you want. Um, you can go down slightly. I'd avoid the thir I think it's like thirty sevens are not really weak enough. Thirty somethings are are too weak. N fifty twos are are the ones that you want, and generally we use or I use. Um, either five by ones, so five wide, one millimeter um, wide, or five by half a millimeter um, for things like reaver arms. Um, if I'm sticking them onto the weapon, I don't want there to be much um, above the weapon. Um, and for warhounds in the shoulders, if you want to magnetize the, um, like you want to use the battle bling shoulder um, magnets for the warhounds, um, I think it's a three by one for those. Mm. Yeah, three mil by sure. one. Um, you can get inventive with clippers if they don't quite fit either. Um, yeah. Just be a bit careful, don't ruin your model, but you can cut away a flat surface to stick yeah. the magnet on. I've, I've, I've made, I've done that a lot of times with Reaver shoulders before I got the Battle Bling ones, um, or, or even with them because, you know, I wanted to be able to replace the full shoulder for like a combat weapon. Um, mm -hmm. You can just slice a bit off the top and stick on like a, a five by 0.5. 
um on top of that and 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 another again sorry if i'm running away with your segment here um but i bought myself a five millimeter drill bit Mm and um just any old five millimeter drill bit and you can then make the perfect size um holes so just using your hands and just turning it in your hands if you want to magnetize reavers on like the shoulder five millimeter drill bit just just drill a little bit into that or in the um the sockets for the warhound guns five millimeter drill bit just just give it a, a few turns and then you can slot your um magnet into that and it will fit really nicely you will stick your fingers together with super glue it happens to all of us yes. it hurts just whatever the moment you realize it's on your hands just don't rub your eyes because that will suck and you definitely should go to yeah, minor injuries, <laughs> and and don't do like my old man did, and try and open a tube of super glue with your teeth. Oh my god! And then squirt the entire contents of it into your mouth. Oh, that's that's not advisable either. No, don't be be seriously though. Be careful, with super glue. It is an absolute nightmare. Um, and if it's on cloves, it's just like bye bye cloves. Um, yeah, cool super glue. Who knew that we could have so much so much conversation about some glue? I right. think you underestimate my ability to check absolute crap. Yeah, well, that makes two of us. So, <laughs> on to the next one. Oh, oh yeah, okay. So, well, this is like, so what I've listed is the bare minimum. So, with, with the tools that you've got here, uh, you will have a plastic miniature at the end of it, right? You would have put it together. It is there. It won't be painted, but you have the model, and then you can play with it. If you go and play a casual game and you're just getting started and someone complains that your model isn't painted. um, Before we go on to this, I think we might have missed one other thing, which I think we should throw into that. I don't know if it's on your list. You need a hobby knife. See, I put the hobby knife in like the next tier of stuff to get, because if you, interesting, like if you're trying to, if you've got a good pair of clippers, you know, you can cut pretty close to the I'm going to shut up. I'm going to let you carry on. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll see about that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, if anyone if anyone complains that that uh, your models aren't painted and you're just trying out the game, you've only just gotten started, or even if you just you you don't want to paint, tell them to sod know, off. Yeah, sod off. Yeah. Basically, we, I don't think we have a bleeper, so we'll. we'll, we'll I don't we'll count that as a that. swear word. I don't think. No. 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 We'll stick with sod. Uh, so um, yeah, ignore them. They're probably not worth playing with anyway. Um, you you know you're just starting out. Like who cares? If you don't want to paint the models, fine. Just you know if you want to play the game, play the game. Like who cares? Don't set more boundaries for yourself because you're worried that someone's gonna gonna have a problem with you having an unpainted army. And there's nothing more way. inspiring than to, than actually getting the enthusiasm for the game, and then exactly. you know you, that you have that game you to paint. and that, yeah exactly. And like Peaky said earlier, you know there is um, you're gonna see like really good armies that you go off against anyway on the table and they're going to be painted really nicely and it is just going to push you to kind of want to paint your own to that to that standard or you know add to the immersion of the game but if you're starting out just just enjoy it you know it's, it's a game it's plastic models who cares you know have fun serious business if you ask me serious serious business. serious no. serious business these plastic is that models. Uh, the incorrect uh, sons of horus color on your heresy force i, I think uh, you have to leave the club yes well i i don't think we've quite got to the, like the napoleonic uh, war games level of um of no. minutiae detail <laughs> but i think certainly there's 
<laughs> there's areas of gatekeeping which can creep into the hobby if you let mm -hmm. it don't be one of those people do not be one of those people uh titanopus is really good uh like honestly very pleasantly surprised at the community um that, that has been fostered these last few years i think there are you know a, a lot of really kind of shining examples of of the hobby that you you'll see around on, online all the time um and a lot of that has kind of crept into titanicus um yeah keep it up guys those that are you know are veterans just be chill like don't you know don't gatekeep because we just want more people to join the hobby because then that's how the game gets better that's how games workshop notices that you know the game's doing well and they start developing more content for it um if you start turning people away from the gaming table because they've only just gotten into the hobby and they've got a plastic warlord sat there you're not helping yourself um, I think we're, we're quite an excitable bunch though aren't we um, oh yeah like you know, i think we we find out it's like um you go into a room and you find out that somebody else is is playing titanicus it's like oh my mm. god come over i'm going to be your best friend for like the next half an hour would you like a rule book how about this uh extra set of um of templates because i've mm -hmm. bought six million starter sets so oh, i've got oh yeah cards and dice and here have this and get playing the game like it's you can mooch a, a lot of <laughs> starter set stuff of people yes. um like peaky's gonna get onto it in a bit with actually buying for the actual game of titanicus but there's a lot that people have multiple copies of um so bear that in mind yeah cool okay so that was the bare minimum now a few dollars more um We'll go to the knife first. As I've kind of completely ruined the format and... and no, I oh know. Jump the gun. It's, it's, it's whatever. <laughs> so I think... Here, here's my argument for this, right? You can have a Titan built, ready to go on the table, and clippers, to an extent, will, will clip close enough to... And you can even use the sharp yeah, laser but... and to scrape to to not have it too obviously you know messy and full of broken gates and and stuff like that um i i didn't know really where to put the, the knife i think it's safer this possibly this side but i i would consider it as probably the next thing on definitely and again these things are, are cheap like you don't need a, an expensive uh hobby knife at all um the x acto ones great cheap great amazon again a lot of these little things that are from supermarkets whatever you can just get from amazon for, for think, real cheap i think i bought a um and we're going to kind of give our opinions on paints in, in a minute um mm. but army painter do do a great range of accessories um mm -hmm. I, I think i bought a um my, mine's an army painter knife but every time, you know, the blades are obviously replaceable and you can get the blades from places like Hobbycraft or B&Q or anyway. And rather than buy a new knife, just buy a bunch of 10 blades and then you can just slot the next one in when it starts getting um, a little bit dull. A thing to remember about that segment is uh, a lot of hobby companies, not necessarily miniature games, but even um, other hobby companies, like if you look at like Airfix and stuff like that as well, they'll do like starter sets with... Uh, like a small pair of clippers, a bit of glue, maybe some paints that you'll probably want to avoid because they're like the cheap start paints. Um, but just bits and bobs to get you rolling and it, it will take out like a big chunk of the cost. You just need to give it a bit of a look around. Um, there's so much, like we were saying earlier, so much content on YouTube um, and Google, just search it. Um, it. Come to the, we're super active in in the Discord. Come to the Discord, ask questions. Um, you know, 
everyone in that discord is great and will answer your questions almost yeah. immediately there'll be a race to it i think maybe because there's a there's a point system and a leaderboard about who, who sends the most messages so it makes people extra eager to help hey, out when they can you ain't catching um, me boy I, I am I am so <laughs> low down on that leaderboard. I am I am uh, I well, am truly the tech goblin hidden. I was going to say we, we've already really established do. you're the lurker. Yeah, of the, of the I just I just I appreciate from a distance and maybe occasionally post. I don't know. You let you let let you out of the box every now and again to come do a podcast, and there's no shutting you up. Like it's just yeah, it's, it. <laughs> it's, it's all pent up all this Titanic and stuff. I just not. I mean we. Not, all of the work that you go, you do uh, for for Maximal Fire and on the um, the bat reps and stuff, I think it's fair that we allow you in front of the camera. Like it's totally totally fine by me, mate. Like what you bring to the party. Um, on the su- <laughs> on the subject of the knife, mm. I don't know if it's the if you find the same. I actually find myself not using the knife for what you would assume would be the knife's primary function, which is okay cutting things. Um, but w- probably when you go into a games workshop, I'm calling it games workshop, I'm not called that anymore. Right? When you go into a Warhammer shop, um, they will probably try and sell you a bunch of accessories. One of which is going to be a like a sprue remover, um, which is basically a piece of metal which you, you are used for tidying up where you have cut away from the sprue. Because when um, when you cut away. It will generally be, if you've got a good pair of clippers, it will generally be fine. But occasionally you'll be left with a little nipple of um, plastic res- uh, plastic on, on the model that's left behind. Or like, um, it just, every every plastic model has what's called a mould line, uh, where the two, they're basically pushed together and there's a seam which runs all the way around it. And you occasionally want to clean these things up and they say, oh, use this sprue remover. Or you could use the knife that you already own and turn it upside down so it's not on the sharp side and use the back of it to scratch these things off. And and that was another game changer for me. Like, why was I bothering filing? Like, in, in my day, you just filed everything down, filed away yeah. the um, the mould lines. Turn your X-Acto knife upside down, back of it, scrape off the mould line. Seconds. Scrape away at the little um, nubbin of plastic which is on there and it'll leave a nice, smooth thing and you won't be taking big divots and chunks um out of your model when you're doing it Mm -hmm. absolutely um fun fact i got uh hobby knives banned at my games workshop when i worked there uh because of free um health and safety reports within two weeks my first two weeks what Uh, did you do sent an email uh there was a lot of blood because i stabbed myself a lot of times um I was making the. That's why you got super glue, though, isn't it? Like these exacto knives are super sharp, and super glue was invented to put soldiers back together again. So you cut yourself with a knife, bit of super glue, push it together, carry on with your day. Yeah, we we there was a lot of kids in this GW. There wasn't a lot of easy access to super glue or knives, uh, really. Um, but yeah, so uh, screaming children painful. pouring out of the uh, the, was mm. it the Southampton was it the Southampton shot you saw? I was I was at the Portsmouth Portsmouth, Portsmouth shot. Just scream yeah. like blood everywhere, like spraying it up against the walls of Games Workshop. <laughs> yeah, it's just like oh, that's another that's another safety report. I was I was building the um the chaos uh, dread hold or stronghold fort- fortress that's made out of all the the thick plastic that's not mm. their model plastic. Yeah, and um. I'm a bit blasé when it comes to using knife, normally because all of my knives just stay blunt because I like pushing them against my thumb. So when they blunt, I'm like, I'm going to keep this like this for a bit more. Very dangerous, very stupid. Don't do not do it, but it's what I do. 
Um, and uh, obviously I wasn't used to using razor sharp knives. And so uh, I think I had two in, in my thumb. One I kind of was cutting and missed and went down my hand. Um, yeah, wasn't um, I think wasn't a very good show. It's, it must People have been, were annoyed. Must have been <laughs> a time. Banned. Must have been a time before you um, uh, when I was working there because I don't think we ever had to fill out an accident report. And you know there was incidents with whippy sticks. There was incidents with knives. I remember. Um, oh, those whippy sticks. Yeah, I've got I've got a, I've got uh, quite a big scar and on the joint of my little finger to my thumb uh, from when I decided um, I was I had a baguette. I had a bread knife. Um, how was I going to cut this bread knife? I had the bread in one hand and I ran the bread knife against my hand. Obviously, it bit into the bread very, very oh, well, like bread oh, does, oh, 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 and it oh. went into my finger and like it was lots of mess. I remember looking at it thinking, I've been prepared for this. I've worked at Games Workshop. <laughs> I know how I can deal with a knife wound. Um, and I remember looking at it and seeing this jagged, serrated mess of my of my hand and thought to myself... Yeah, I, I'm. I this is beyond me. <laughs> yeah, this is this is not a bit of super glue to close the wound. This is I might need to go and get stitches. Yes, yes, it is. But yeah, be very very careful with knives, boys and girls. Yes, please. Yes, yeah. they're sharp. Funnily enough. Um, cool. Knife discourse over. Um, pretty important, but whatever. Paints. Titanicus, like Peaky said again, has a lot of flat surfaces. You're going to want one rattle can base coat primer at minimum uh, in black. And you're going to want to spray everything black to start with. This is uh, kind of like a, a base layer for the paint to go over the top of. Um, it helps protect it. If you go straight onto painting the plastic, you'll find that the plastic, uh, the paint uh, flakes off or removes very easily. So this, this primer holds paint to the model a lot better. Obviously, Rattacan spray is very, very quick, very easy. Um, again, tons of guides online. I think we're going to have to do a hobby episode at some point, or like a little hobby tutorial video for a lot of a lot of these different things. Yeah. Um, it, although it's quite universal for most war games, there is a lot of tips and tricks that you can do with Titanicus to to get the most out of, um, out of your hobby. So yeah, black undercoat uh, spray, nice and easy. Um, Games Workshop primers are great. Uh, there's a company I think called Colorforge. Uh, they're about the same price as a as a GW uh, rattle can, but you get a, a good amount more as well. Um, I've not had any personal experience with them, but I've heard uh, on the internet they are they are pretty good. Yeah. Um, whatever. It's it's not a uh, a few people say that there's certain car primers you can use. Uh, B and Q, and then you see other posts where they've wrecked their models with car primers. What you've got to remember is that you want to yeah. get as, as as little paint on the model as possible while also covering it, because the more paint you add up, the more you start filling in those channels, and those channels are your fine details on your miniature. Again, goes back to the point of why buy a four to six pound car primer when you can just spend four quid extra and just use uh, one actually made for the hobby um gw are pretty good as well with with returns i know a lot of stores if if you use a, a rattle can and uh, there's something wrong with the, the paint inside or it doesn't set your model or it ruins your model they will kind of exchange bits and bobs out um they are usually very forgiving um obviously you're paying a, a slightly more premium price as opposed to a lot of local uh, friendly game stores like Entoyment um or fistful of dice like i mentioned earlier 
uh, your, your small little nerd shops essentially that sell all kinds of things from Magic the Gathering to, to war games, um, to D&D stuff. Um, they'll have usually a, a discount to those prices. Um, so bear that in mind. I think that when it comes to sprays as well, it's finding something that works for you. There's lots of companies out mm. there that do them. Um, and I've, I've tried, I haven't tried Colorforge. I need to do, I do need to try Colorforge. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, I went through, um, quite a few other companies. Um, and I found myself always returning to Citadel. Yep. There was just something about the way that the, so to comparing it to army painters, matte black, it left quite a plasticky, shiny finish to it. It wasn't what I would call matte. Um, mm. Whereas the matte black undercoat for, from Citadel, I've always found to be a very good surface um, for paint adhesion. Um, and so I've always kind of gone back. I I even went for a time, I um, got the, it's AK Primer designed mm-hmm. to be sent through an airbrush. And I used that for a while. Um but for that, you need to really leave it like, oh, I think it's almost 24 hours before you actually paint on it. And I just found it in the end, it was just too much effort uh, and it was kind of slowing my hobby down. So I kept going back to, to Citadel. Um, for me, that finish is is the best finish that you can get on a model that you want to be the finish for starting, the starting finish. The starting finish, um, yeah, the, the, the base, the base level you want it at. But I think a, not- um, a notable mention on that is um, I've in the when I was starting out I used two colors of primer, um, and I would do what's called sub assemblies on my miniatures, and I wouldn't um, put armor plates. I I wouldn't glue the armor plates onto my models at all, mm-hmm. um, and the reason for this is it's a lot easier to paint them if you paint them off the sprue. You know you can stick them onto a cork or um, onto a, a holder or something like that. Um, and I would paint, uh, I would, depending on the color, I would spray the armor panel sprue, either Mechanicum gray or black. Those would be mm-hmm. my kind of go-to colors on that. And that would be the base. And what you can do, um, with, if, if you are sub-assembling and the armor, and the armor is you painting that separately, you're effectively left with a skeleton of the Titan, um, that you've already built. And there are a couple of good companies which do good metallic silvers. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, Lead Belcher by Citadel. I think Colorforge have got one as well. Um, and that will save you a ton of prepping time. You can literally go straight in with some washes or something like that if you want to kind of take it or, or just leave it as is, you know, and then do some dry brushing, whatever you want to do. But um, when I was starting out, I, I found... I was doing a lot of a lot of the heavy lifting just with those primers. Because Atacanipus has a lot of flat armor panel surfaces, um, having access to a spray applicator, whether it be an airbrush, which is obviously a, a very high end of doing hobby, um, or just the rattle cans save so much time and the finish is so much nicer. Um, you have to be someone that really knows what they're doing with um, uh, paintbrushes and and actual acrylic paints in in miniature wargaming to be able to provide uh, as smooth of a uh, color to a armor panel uh, that would kind of match a spray can. 
And you're talking so, building up over multiple layers as well, because you and, can't be yeah, slapping this, is, this paint on thick. You know, you, lots of thin layers, especially if you're starting exactly. with a black, depending on the color that you're going to. And this is why you need to match your... If, if you were painting yellow, for instance, if you're doing Graphonicus and your armor, armor is yellow, go with gray. Don't mm-hmm. go with black because you you will save yourself some t- a lot of time. If if you're painting by hand, it's a little bit easier to kind of if you've got a, an airbrush, you can go over black. It 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 will fill out very very quickly. But yeah, you lots and lots of thin coats, and it can mean that it can take quite a long time to get um, a good. If you are looking for an airbrush kind of finish using just brushes, mm-hmm. and and also I I think as well it's very easy to mess it up when you do it with a brush over these flat panels. You, If you don't do it right, it won't be obvious straight away, but you'll stand back after you're done, you'll look at it, and you'll see all these brush streaks, whereas rattle can, airbrush, whatever, nice, even, crisp coat over the top of it. Um, you can even, if you're feeling a bit more adventurous, um, focus some of the spray from the rattle can, um, or obviously your airbrush, um, into kind of the center of the armor panel and just let it kind of naturally spread out to the black. Mm. Um, this means that you kind of get a gradient where it gets kind of darker uh, color to the sides. And it gives a really, really nice finish on the actual model itself, as opposed to just a, a perfectly clean cut yeah. um, color. Adding in that gradient. I use that a lot with mm. like red down to black. It can look mm. quite nice. Yeah, I've done exactly the same again with with, with my teal for my Titanus um, as well. It just it. It adds just a little bit of of um, kind of artistry for very little work. Um, yeah, so spray primer um, you touched on as well. Sub assembly, just get that primary color uh, spray as well to go over the base spray. Um, probably, you know, won't be you, you'll be using a lot of paint to try and do that over all the arm panels anyway. So a spray can probably is also financially a pretty good option, but it'll save you so much time. And uh, and it'd be so much easier. Yeah. Um. Okay. Is this the contentious topic? Yeah, the contentious topic. Um. This this is a very sensitive topic. A lot of people have a paint company that they really like. A lot of people uh, are quite vehement in their defence of those uh, companies. Um, please don't hate us. This is all do we, personal opinion. Do we start middle of the road here and basically say Citadel miniatures generally do good paints across the board? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know they've they have been. It is it is expensive. They are in. They aren't in drop, dropper bottles, which I know some people like, but really dropper bottles are make your painting process a lot easier and they help you kind of learn the more advanced techniques um, on palettes and stuff like that. But really, really good formula of their paints. Um, finish is usually really nice. Very little uh, deviation between the same color over multiple batches. They're, they're very accurate in the in the pigmentation, which sounds very um, you know, in-depth. I was thinking of another word to say there, but I thought it might not sit well on, uh, on YouTube. Um, <laughs> I might be nitpicking a little bit, but um, it actually does. It does matter, especially if you've got four sub models, and if one of them is slightly different uh, color purple to the other, you're going to notice yeah. it. Um, yeah. And again, we're, I think, we're, we're all all about preserving those expensive models. I think that the the temptation when people are looking to move away from the Citadel is, 
Um, certainly for me, I didn't really care if it was in a dropper bottle or not. What I did care about was that certain companies were cheaper and I got more paint. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that, well, and, and this is, I think, the contentious topic that you're getting on. Not all paints are equal. Um, no. There are certain paint brands which look almost identical to others because they're in different um, dropper, uh, they're in the same dropper bottles. Um, you know what? I, I I will say this for you. I won't let you kind of uh, like piss I'm off. I'm happy to the, throw the myself under the uh, <laughs> under the bus, but um, in my experience, avoid Army Painter. They do great mm-hmm. accessories. Their paint pigment is just not where it needs to be. Um, I've had nothing but disappointment with Army Painter, um, with the exception of their matte black. And and Ben turned me onto this. Their matte black is very very good, very very matte, really really nice. But I've always found I, I I picked up a lot of these when I was doing bolt action um, because um, Pete the Wargamer on his YouTube channel uses Army Painter paints quite a lot and I followed a lot of his tutorials when I was doing those, um, and I could just not get on with the the concentration of the pigmentation, and by comparison I would then pick up Vallejo paints, and it was night and day. So personally I would avoid. Um, army painter vallejo if you were looking for kind of like a a general range of paints um mm-hmm. are, are are pretty good and very widely accessible as well yeah most hobby hobby places uh, do vallejo you can even you know go online and get them from all the other hobby places in, in you know the country and other online retailers as well uh, vallejo is just a, a very it's often a lot of people's uh next step from Citadel paints, uh, and in those drop bottles, you are actually getting more than a pot of Citadel as well, which is always a bonus. Yeah, um, for usually about the same price. For usually about the same price, exactly. Army Painter is cheaper; it's not worth it. Um, it really, really isn't, and it, it it's very hard to kind of verbally kind of explain why it doesn't work. But if you sit down with with the paints, like Alex was saying, and you try using one, try using the other. You will you will feel the difference in, in kind of the pigmentation and the uh, what they use to to build the paints. Um, but saying also, that, I'm sure that there are people out there who who have perfectly no problem with army painting. Oh yeah. this is obviously our opinions. If mm-hmm. I I wouldn't recommend army painting um, for for their paints, their accessories, fantastic, but their paints for me just no. There are definitely, almost definitely painters out there that are really really amazing painters you know far better than us um that use army painter but at least from a beginner standpoint i mean when i when i re- reintroduced to the hobby uh i was on a, a university student's budget i.e almost nothing a shoestring i painter was the <laughs> too much takeaway uh i painter was the um kind of the, the cooling is just cheap um and then i was like trying to make it work and it just wasn't working. I wasn't finding my my painting again. Like it just wouldn't w- look good. Uh, and someone in the in the local store I went to was like, "Try this brand instead." Okay, went back with it, and oh, the difference! It was like night, night and day. And you'll find often um, that your painting will go up like a, a, almost like a if it was a graph, it would go up like a set of stairs, right? So you will you will learn a new technique, or you'll just you know you'll you'll get better at a certain technique and you'll shoot up and then you'll plateau for a while 
and you'll just sit and you'll be like, I'm not improving. It's really annoying. And then suddenly, oh, I found this new brand of paint really suits my painting style really works. It, I, I can do more advanced stuff with it comfortably now. And again, it will shoot up yeah. and then it will plateau for a little bit again. You always want to be looking for those next things that you can try and uh, kind of push yourself. Um, and even trying just other brands, even if you're comfortable with the paints that you've got. Um, maybe the other brands have have something else. Um, I, I was a, a big fan of, of Vallejo for quite a while. I, I dotted around a couple of other uh companies as well i've just recently picked up a lot of pro acryl paints mm. and again that was another step in the step um kind of hard to get hold of a little bit um i think expensive. element games sell them don't they element games do sell them yeah. yeah um they're imported from the us i believe they haven't quite got as big a um mm. a, a footprint over here i know i i, I think one I don't know if he still is, but certainly one of the guys who works for Pro Acryl was on our Discord channel. Yes, um, yes, he is. He yeah. is. Yeah, and uh, I know that they were based in the States and they, their distributor was largely Element Games. But yeah, I've heard some really good things about Pro Acryl. They're lovely. The 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 yeah, the paint just goes on really evenly. It's a nice, even, um, very matte coat. Mm. Um, very, very good for um, even quite thin. It still is quite opaque. The color sets really nicely. Um, that was my my new step, but people, you know, there's there's tons of really good paint yeah. companies out there. P three, uh, I've not done do P, that. I've not done P three yet, but for me, my latest thing that I love, um, and what I feel stepped up my game was the Metallics range by Scale seventy five. Oh, yeah. um, they do some lovely mm -hmm. metallic paints. Um, again, it's hard to kind of like talk about it on a podcast. Um, but the the flex in the metallics are so fine with their with them. When you're applying it to things like trim, it it almost glides on. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and, and I was always very comfortable with my metallics from uh, Games Workshop, but now um, I base every metallic I own is now scale seventy five. I don't have many of their other paints because um, I'm happy with my Vallejo and my uh, Citadel that I've got. But like for the metallics, it's all about scale seventy five for me. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, another good one in that area as well is the uh, Vallejo Metal Color. Yes. Very similar, very fine pigment, uh, a very fine mica flakes even, sorry. Um, yeah, loads of good options out there. You will find contrasting opinions online um, about a lot of things. Uh, find someone that you like the look of their paint style or like the way that they show you how to paint and just um, follow on from what they, they buy and see yeah. how that works out for you. Um, paints aren't super expensive um so you can afford to make a couple of mistakes but it can add up quite quickly um, it can add up quite quickly do not buy everything at once no uh, please decide on a color scheme um <laughs> mm -hmm. maybe you know if you decided on a legio maybe watch a couple of youtube videos um and, and again find something somebody who's pa maybe painting some of that or jump onto a discord and ask some questions um mm. about what other people use because um often people don't use um one so if i'm painting yellow i don't have a yellow that i use like my mm -hmm. yellow is made up of three paints from a, like a shade to the midtone to to a highlight um and that's often what um what painters do so basically you make a shopping list of what you need to do what you need and then add in paints here and there like like you say when you want to try a new technique out you want to do something different i used to go down to my local shop and go you know what 
I'm going to see if there's any nice pinks today. And I'll pick up a pink that kind of caught my eye. Then I try and find a way in my next model of kind of incorporating a spot color or something like that, which included that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then very we, we quickly will, it builds up. We will definitely need to do a hobby video at some point. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like well, a, I mean, looking at this, we've been yeah. been talking for like nearly an hour and forty or something, and we yeah. haven't even got onto the Titanicus side of it. We just about made it over the super the, the glue segment. Um, <laughs> God help us when we get to the brushes. Uh, so, oh, we better summarise this really quickly then. Um, try around. In our opinion, avoid Army Painter again if you want to give it a try. Their their bottles are cheap. Buy a bottle, see it for yourself. If if it works for you, if you find that it works great, awesome. Like I, I wish that could be me. They yeah. are very, very cheap, um, but yeah, just just hasn't worked out for for either of us. So, oh, we've done the paints. Uh, we are now on to. Um, oh, we got to put the paints on a... with something, haven't you? Oh, of course. Yeah. So, sorry, that was a big, big chunk about army painter. I just need to <laughs> get past that. Get, get that past bit. the rant Oof. about. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Paintbrushes. There are, like paints, there are a load around. Again, as with paints, middle of the range, you're looking at Citadel, i.e. Games Workshop, uh, brushes. They are expensive um, as brushes, you know, for brushes. Um, You can usually get a couple in starter sets. They're not as high quality as the ones they sell on their shelves. Uh, Again, Army Painter actually a, a pretty good um a cheaper brush set as well yeah. um that you can do some practicing with uh and for a lot of the the techniques that you use washes uh dry brushing spe- uh, especially but i'll get onto a, a neat little trick with dry brushing um and contrast paints as well are very important you want to use for the cheaper brushes because they ruin your brushes um I would always say that another one of those, I guess, rises and plateaus for me was uh, trying out maybe a an expensive brush as well. Now this doesn't really have its place in Titanicus as much as normal um, normal miniature painting, but for uh, painting fine detail, not necessarily trim, but um, especially if you're freehanding, although that's not not a, a kind of a new starter. Uh, technique but if you're doing like eye lenses uh, just anything that requires fine detail and just an app uh, a very very careful application of paint um something like a, a sable hairbrush um so that's the uh, citadel uh, artificer series for example um my personal favorite is a art an actual art company called uh, Raphael and they're 8404s size two um people uh, you've probably heard uh, if you've ever looked at brushes uh, talk about Windsor and Newton uh, Series Seven. Yeah. Um, not the miniature version. They do have a range called Series Seven Miniature. They do not mean miniature models. They mean uh, uh, miniature canvases, which are about um, a, a kind of a couple of inch by a couple of inch. Um, so avoid those. Uh, but they they work out really well. I would get a size two, which is slightly larger because the because it's a good quality brush the tip will still be very, very fine. You'll still be able to do some fine detail painting, um, but you also are able to kind of coat color a bit a bit more if you need to. And you've got a bit more of a, a leeway with not ruining your brush by um, getting the paint too 
far up. And I guess that's a really, really yeah. big thing about brushes. Do not dunk that entire thing in the pot. Keep um, it away from mm, it. It's the ferrule, uh, the metal. The ferrule. Yeah. yeah, where the metal meets the actual hair of the brush. The furthest you want the paint to go up is halfway up there, but less if if possible. Um, which is why washes and contrast paints can be uh, quite detrimental because because of their very liquid form, they just immediately absorb all the way up to the ferrule. Um, so that's why you want to avoid using your nicer brushes. There are again plenty of videos online about skincare. Uh, skincare? <laughs> there, wow. there is plenty of videos about skincare. Well, you know, <laughs> uh, while you're doing your painting, just don't apply contrast red to your face. <laughs> to your face, <laughs> it will stain. Uh, <laughs> brush care. Um, plenty of plenty of resources online about brush for care. Again, another video we could possibly look at doing. Um, just but treat I... them with respect because they will break easy because they are organic hair. They're real hair, and therefore they will deteriorate a lot quicker than the cheaper brushes, which are artificial, like plastic, almost hair. And I think you you really need to get confident with the artificial mm -hmm. um, cheaper brushes because mm -hmm. um, with the um, with the Raphaels, with the Windsor and Newtons, the Artis Opus, the Broken Toads, you're going to be paying somewhere in the region of eight to fifteen pounds a brush for like a size one to three. Mm -hmm. um, whereas you could buy yourself probably two or three um, of the art um, the artificial ones for that price. So don't go. I, th I think you 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 may have mentioned this earlier on, but learn your trade on the stuff which you can afford to kind of use and abuse because decent paint brushes won't make you a decent painter immediately. You know, you, you need to, if, if you do jump straight into that, you're just going to buy an expensive brush, which is going to look, the end result is going to be exactly the same as if you used a cheaper um, brush, but you've spent more money and you're probably going to ruin it. If you've not got any, that experience that you've built up before, um, they are a tool that will help you progress with your painting. Yes. And I think I think there is some merit uh, in maybe um, picking one up relatively early on in your hobby journey, purely for the, uh, the training and the level of care that you teach yourself to actually use the brush carefully, care for the brush itself, um, that will kind of help you when you actually start using that kind of brush a lot more again it, it's something that's probably a lot more important for more traditional you know 28 mil space marines orcs mm. undead whatever yeah. but a bit more it, edge it highlighting does... a bit more detail exactly yeah. it does yeah. find itself its place in, in heresy uh, on a lot of the uh, detailed parts like plasma uh coolant vents etc um so it is good to learn it's, it's like the the equivalent of you know teaching someone how to handle a gun earlier mm. on safe you know it, it you're you're not letting them off with the gun straight away you, you're kind of you get learning that care um towards your brush um which is and if you really look after a decent brush skill. it'll last you you know three times as long as an artificial as an artificial one um mm. I, I used to be replacing brushes every three months whereas now i'm generally replacing brushes every year um mm -hmm. and you could probably make that last even longer as well i i'm not the best at my brush care um but it still lasts longer the point stays better um for longer but learn the trade if you're worried about kind of like if you never picked up a brush before learn it on the cheaper stuff and then add these things these tools into your arsenal of painting uh, paraphernalia
spray brushing. So I've useful seen technique for Titanicus that. Very useful technique for Titanicus. I touched on it a bit when it's talking about brushes. So you can buy miniature dry brushes. Don't do it. They're expensive. Um, what you want to have a look at is you want to uh, venture into the uh, the unknowns of a. Uh, uh, I know what you're going to uh, say. Your wife's your wife's <laughs> makeup bag. <laughs> your wife's makeup bag, or, or your or your partner's, or maybe yourself. You, you use makeup yeah. as well, um, and actually uh, apply again. Uh, you know, makeup is 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 as much of an art as as any other form, um, and so the brushes are, are generally good quality, but a lot cheaper. Uh, than the miniature brushes and a lot of the brushes that are used for blush those very kind of uh, especially if you're using wide areas you can get quite wide area brushes but also you can get relatively um, precise ones as well really really good for dry brushing because there is there we go there's if you're if you're watching on youtube there is a visual representation of that they are it's a very so... dirty one but <laughs> yeah but yeah, it's big spaces, like something um, like, so this is just a foundation brush I think I've got here. Mm. Um, it has to be quite stiff bristled. Um, mm -hmm. It can't be anything, but as long as it's reasonably stiff bristled and there's quite a lot of bristles, something like this, especially if you're doing like terrain, like it just save you so much time. And money. Yeah. Um, dry brushing is the number one way to ruin a brush. Um, so because you're not using water that's the whole point it's dry brushing there isn't there's a less protection for the actual brush itself it's not going on it's going on a lot more abrasive uh, manner so um i i did notice that artist opus uh i've not had too much success with their, their brushes but they did release a dry brush range which was well, a very expensive set yes, of makeup brushes but you can um, get these instead yeah so which, again another thing six that, quid maybe for well them. but the, but these are actually so I'm, I'm holding up on the on the youtube uh, on, on the video side of it. these are actually brushes from army painter and they are dry brush paints at uh, dry brush um brushes um specifically for miniatures and i think that they've robbed the idea from artist opus because they're very very short very very fine bristle brushes um but the whole set was about 12 pounds and there's three brushes in that and um from big down down to small so again don't get kind of don't assume that the expensive brushes are going to make it better because they won't you can look at the foundation brushes look at the makeup brushes or if you do want to buy um you know official quote unquote um miniature brushes again good accessories from army painter that's that that set has been great for me i've really mm -hmm. got a lot of use out of that absolutely um and also buy a bag of like torture brushes these are the brushes that you treat the worst right um you can get them from like 99p store they're really really crap quality brushes brushes you'll probably notice that like half the bristles are already in the bottom of the bag when you get them they're so handy because there's there's a few things you do uh if you're like maybe missing a dry brush or you're um painting a terrain uh, paste onto your base like some really nasty stuff that you have to do with brushes that you don't even want to do to your like mid-range brushes having these like brushes that you can essentially use once or twice and then bin yeah uh, are, are very very handy to have um, and they will again help you expand the uh, extend the lifespan of of your other brushes um 
you know, you can just get them from like an art store for like like three quid and you get like a, a whole variety of them. You'll be surprised, like the weird fan ones have their uses for like streaking grime and, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. they they do actually have have their uses as well. Um, but yeah, they're just there to be abused essentially. <laughs> cool. Okay. Wow. We are we are going on, aren't we? This is. A, I mean, this, this is, is a... a return to form. To be honest, like uh, yeah, you know, it feels good. To to our pod is kind of it, it's nice um, to be doing this again like this. Obviously, let us know if you feel the same listening to it. With us not having to record it at the end of a show um, and set it all up and get everybody home, or obviously in the comfort of our own home, it does allow us to kind of um, be a bit more uh, liberal with with the time and kind of go into a bit more detail. Um, we're also not both sat opposite each other, kind of shifting uncomfortably after being stood on our feet for for three, four, five plus hours. Um, so yeah, it's it's it feels good to be sat in front of my webcam again. Mm. Oh yeah, definitely. Although the shifting uncomfortably, unfortunately, I'm still stuck with these crappy chairs that you have to sit on. <laughs> yeah. Usually after the uh, battle report, so yeah. I'm going to have to sort something out there. Uh, okay, cool. So let's let's move it on. So uh, basing materials, really really quick one. Um, you can get a very very cheap uh, fine grit pack of arts and crafts sand, uh, meant for kids, just to yeah. just to stick stuff to paper. Um, get some PVA glue. I would avoid the cheaper. The, the cheapest PVA glue, uh, essentially, um, I'd go from probably more woodworking glue, which is still relatively cheap. Uh, woodworking glue has less water content in it, and means that it bonds uh, a lot more, uh, a lot, a lot solidly, uh, a lot more solid. Um, which is kind of important when you have like loose grit sand on your base. Yeah. Again, tons of videos on on YouTube about basing um, and doing different basing designs. Obviously. Uh, our boys at Battle Bling uh, have their own custom bases as well. So you don't even have to worry about that part if if you just uh, uh, if you just get one of those. Um, there's also tons of other ways you can base models. Um, you can buy paints that are essentially basing paints. There's some cool ones that Games Workshop and maybe a couple of other companies now do that um, they're like crackle. So you you mm. paint them down quite thick and then they start cracking. Um, there's some cool stuff you can do if you if you like make the black base. Maybe a brighter color that contrasts to that crackle. You can actually see that, like maybe lava that you've put in the crackle uh, through the cracks. So you get some really, really cool, uh, cool effects with very minimal effort. Um, the base is still a part of your miniature, um, so don't put it to one side. Again, leave it black if you want to. Um, I think the, the the kind of the main goal, I guess, is is getting the model painted right. What I've um, seen a few people do, which is quite nice, I'm not sure where they get them from, um, and it's a totally valid um, technique as well, is getting acrylic bases. So instead of um, um, actually painting a base, you get some transparent acrylic cut to the same size, mm. mount your Titan on top of it, and then basically what your This works particularly nicely if you're playing on like an, a nice battle mat or something, because the battle mat shows through the bottom of your titan and then you don't even have to do oh, any any painting uh or uh, anything mm -hmm. on it very very ch obviously you've got to buy the acrylic i'm not sure how much it is um to get them cut to that it's another expense um but if it's if you don't want to be doing it, it's another option mm -hmm. again it's, it's an easier option as well mm -hmm. um if you just want to get your titans out in the field go for that as well um i know people like tying in their schemes with like a certain basing style yep. um so whatever suits you best Again, tons of content online. Uh, Black Magic Crafts is a very good one. He uses a lot of Mod, mod Podge. Uh, mod, mod Podge? Mod Podge, yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Um, you can use that 
again, it's kind of like a, a step in for, for PVA as well, because you'll find that the sand comes off really, really easy. So just have a look around, um, see what see what shows up, really. Cool. We're almost at the end. We are. Um, have I got 10 so minutes quick... to crowbar my bit in? Uh, we'll, we can cut this one for a later time, maybe. Um, the other bits we've got on this list are maybe slightly more advanced. Um, so stuff for the future possibly not important now so that's stuff like wet palettes airbrushes um so i think we can probably very easily go over to you i think well I, that wasn't me trying to push push the time or anything <laughs> you know, it's your virgin outing this is i've got to do the Goku my, uh, FaceTime. we're getting a bit numb numb this year, so <laughs> but no i mean like, like you say i mean when you when you kind of crack that that initial shell like there is a mm. whole world of things that you can open up to like like your airbrushing um airbrushing on titans was a game changer for me it's an expensive mm -hmm. outlay um it basically costs probably about 100 pounds for the initial outlay for an airbrush however it's it's something that i wish i'd done 10 years ago mm -hmm. um again tons of stuff online to help you learn how to airbrush um johnny core did a video about airbrushing if he can do it anybody can do it um and he had some kind of like interesting uh, experiences with his, with his airbrushing originally but uh, it's another thing you can spend as a little as 20 quid from an airbrush and a compressor off amazon all the way up to hundreds and hundreds of pounds um but it is especially when you're on a big flat titan um it's airbrushing is is a fantastic technique and would need an entire um thing to itself and and then oil you know we've already talked about oils enamels all of these weathering techniques which again can weathering powders yeah um, yeah milliput green stuff if you're doing conversions especially chaos conversions yeah. real cool stuff you can do there uh, again more advanced yeah take your time with it it's it's one See of those it's one of those things where over the last 18 months with titanicus i started i, I learned one technique airbrushing with my first legio that's what i did and i added that to my usual um painting that i'd done with everything else in the past fairly kind of basic then the next legio um that i i took on i decided i was going to experiment with oils so i incorporate i learned how to use oils and incorporated oils into that legio and then the next one um i wanted to really up my basing game and my weathering bet game so i incorporated lots of weathering and lots of basing um on them and every time I kind of painted something new or started a new project, I would try and make it coincide with a new technique that I'd researched on online. And I, I found that in a very short space of time, like less than a year, I was looking at the models that I did a year ago and comparing them with the models that I did today. And there was, in my opinion, a, a gulf, a void of, well, no, no, void. Right? There was a huge gulf. Let's go with gulf. I like the word gulf. Um, of difference between what I'd painted one year and what I'd painted the year after, just because I kept pushing myself to add these little techniques in. Never, ever, ever sell or repaint the first few minis you paint. Don't do it. Keep them on the side. Every time you look at it, you're like, oh, I'm not improving. Just look at those minis and yep. compare them to what you're painting at the moment. Um, even, you know, keep one from like a year, year previous. You will see improvements if you have been painting semi and because of youtube i think i've improved as a painter more in the last two years than i have done in the last 20 just mm -hmm. through watching tutorials learning techniques um listening to people and then trying it out not not being afraid to just go and give it a go 
um it can seem quite intimidating but these people can break these things apart really really easily and make them accessible um and so nothing is is beyond you just you know a bit of patience bit of time bit of practice and you'll see those results very very quickly absolutely okay shall we move on to um actually getting into the game I'll take, a, I'll take a sit back. Let's, yeah, you can uh, have a sit back now. Let's go through it. I mean, so we obviously, we did uh, the first proper episode of Maximal Fire that we did back in, I think it was probably February or March last year. Um, we did getting started in 2021 uh, when we largely talked about how you were getting into the game in 2021. And for the most part, not a lot has changed within the game in the last year to make that advice like null and void a lot of it still stands there's a few updates and things which have changed like you can't really get hold of things like the grand master box anymore which was the two warlords and the knights and the terrain and stuff so we've kind of i've had a little think really about kind of if i was starting now what would i do and in some respects they've streamlined the process um for people quite considerably um if you're new to the game, if you want to start collecting Titanicus, then as long as it's still in print, don't get distracted with anything else by the starter set. And I'm talking about the £100 starter set um, that Games Workshop currently do, which is two Reavers, two Warhounds, two Serastus Knights, all of the rules, all of the accessories, everything that you need to get going. That it is, in my opinion, still one of the best value box sets of any game because those two Titans chassis will be used so many times across and on any Legio. Like, it's not like you're gonna be, oh no, I've got the same unit or I've got the same special character twice because I've bought the starter set twice. It doesn't really work like that with Titanicus. All you end up with is, um, more of the titans that you need for less money and this is why the starter set is so popular i personally i've I've just bought one i've just bought another one um which i'm planning on doing an unboxing video for to kind of show people what's the tally now that is i think that's number five plus a grand master nice. box um so that's 10 reavers 10 warhounds um 10 serastus knights lancers which i've got just from buying um the starter set the starter set is the best way in. You can, and and we're going to prove this. Um, the next battle report that we do, which we're going to record at the end of um, April, we're going to take. Basically, we're going to put this advice and kind of put it into, you know, into effect, into reality. We're going to show you what games you can have, um, with the stuff which is just in the starter set, um, maybe with like one or two little things added in as well, largely along the advice which I'm going to kind of talk about here really and show you the maniples that you can create show you what a table of uh, looks like for the money that you're um you're forking out so start a set 100 quid and that will get you a large portion of what you would need for um for a game of titanicus there's not many games where you can have a 1750 point game for less than 200 quid but Titanicus is one of them. People, I've heard a lot. A lot of my friends who don't play it, they say, "Oh, it's so expensive." Okay, well, uh, yeah, okay, fair enough. A, a warlord costs sixty-seven pound fifty. That's an expensive model. However, that then is, 
is like nearly a third of um, the points that you would need for a, a normal sized game. You know, generally come in a, around 500 points. Okay, if you're playing 1500, it's a third of your points. It's it's not when when you look at the grand though like okay you might drop 20 quid on a on a unit here and there and you do that 10 times and all of a sudden like you've got your core troops for your orc army and it's cost you 400 quid you know <laughs> it's it's not one of those games um the, the model count is relatively small five models generally speaking is what you need and four of them you can get in the starter set so starter set 100 quid then you need to ask yourself are you going to be a loyalist or a traitor? Historically, that would mean doing a bit of research on some legios, um, finding out which legio, which, which book, which campaign book those legios featured in, and buying that book. You know, we had just, what was it, um, Shadow and Iron, Defense of Riser, and they're all still good books if you want the um, uh, campaign stuff. And there's a few extra rules in them, like the Knights rules and Doom of Molech. If you want to run a Knights household, then you need to buy. You know, Doom of Molech at the moment. Lots of juicy lore as well. Lots of lore um, mm. and some nice narrative missions and things like that. Um, but now, really, do you want to be a loyalist or do you want to be a traitor? And if you want to be a loyalist, you spend £32.50 on the loyalist book. Or if you want to be a traitor, you spend the same on the traitor book. Or you buy both. Because they're both good books and they've both got interesting stuff in them. And on top of the Legio stuff, you've got all the knights rules as well, all of the knight household special rules, not the actual um, game rules, so to speak. Like it doesn't, t- for instance, in Doom of Molech, that's still got all of your stratagem cards for knights um, and and things like that. You don't get any of those in the um, uh, loyalist or the traitor book, but you do get some nice nice differences with the. Um, uh, the the high king or the the scion I forget the exact phrasing it's called the scion abilities um, <laughs> to allow you to differentiate them between similar to the princeps abilities. Um, so what you're at there, 132 quid. You've got your book and you've got four models and and two knights. Um, you need something to play on, and again, this is something that I'm going to hopefully showcase in the uh, in the next battle report. Terrain can get expensive quickly um it's it's quite expensive if you want to go down the plastic route if you want to just start playing games there is a company called tt combat um they're quite well known for doing mdf buildings which are good in themselves you have to paint them and stuff but for 16 pound 50 from i think it was element games you can get um enough terrain including uh, a mat it's done in like little cardboard squares for a six by four table and these are cardboard buildings um pre-printed and a card uh, cardboard tiles which you can put on on your board um we the drop use zone commander right drop did originally I, did i not say drop zone commander yeah, yeah. and the one i've yeah. got is the um the, the ruinscape um by drop zone commander um and 16 pound 50 for enough for a six by four board you only usually want one a four by four board for titanicus we buy uh we, we've had these at our tournaments and they still look great um the, the for the price it's ridiculous and hopefully you, you know when you watch the, the next battle report you'll see you'll see what we mean um and uh, if you want to just get started 16 pound 50 is a great 
it's it's ludicrous value really like you expect it to be more for the amount that you get you'd expect it more to be kind of like even with cardboard 35 40 quid um but before before a discount from a local gaming store it's about 20 20 something pound but i picked up mine for 16 pound 50 so you've got your board you've got your terrain you've got your first models and you've got your book and that's less than 150 quid you've got everything that you need to get going there's a few extra little bits and pieces which you can then think about building on so say say you've got like a little bit of extra money um granny's given you um a few quid for christmas um and you you kind of you want to splash out if you want to stretch that to kind of 250 quid um then what you can do is you can add in a warlord titan so that would take the two reavers the two warhounds um that you've got in the box add in a warlord titan you've got an, you've got a full axiom maniple at that point there and you can fully take advantage of, of those rules and it'll also that's r- roughly i think about it's roughly about 1750 with upgrades that you'll be able to fill field there and a warlord titan is uh what's that 67 pound 50 so again cheaper cheaper at local hobby stores as well uh, yeah and and this is this is the point that i'm I, this is games workshop prices this is full whack so, so you, you at this point you're just over 200 pounds but what what you need to be careful of um if you do want to buy a warlord is that there are no weapon cards in the starter sets for them and there are no terminal cards in the starter sets for them and neither of those things as well come in the box so when you buy a warlord you will not get any of those in if you buy like a warmaster or something it will come with its weapon cards it will come with its terminals if you buy a warbringer it's the same it comes with it now but the warlord was one of the first kits that they released and it didn't at the time like it was with like the grandmaster boxes and stuff like that so people had the 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 card terminals but now the only way you can get them is either through maniple boxes if they release them um, they don't currently have any open at the moment they they released the precept last um, year or by buying a terminal pack so they do a titan terminal pack which is i believe what is this on my note 17 pounds and in there you get one warlord one reaver one warbringer and two um warhounds and they're on thick cards so it's a little bit different from the um what you get in the start set uh with indented holes for your plasma uh, for your reactors and for your damage which is quite nice the the little tokens sit in them quite nicely um and and that is how you get a terminal so if you want to add a warlord to the party there is additional out it's not just the 67 pounds you need to make sure that you know that going in that being said, uh, you can also get the uh, terminals from for a Warlord, Reaver, and Warhound, I believe, uh, on Games Workshop's website. Obviously, yes, you can this print... is if you're trying to cut the costs uh, as much as possible. Absolutely, print it out on a bit of paper. Hell, you could you know get a bit of, use a pencil, uh, kind of harking to BattleTech and something like that, where you could mark it in pencil and rub it out. If you're looking for that, that slightly cheaper option or relatively yeah. free option absolutely absolutely you can do that it does help keep the costs down um but i've seen it so many times that people kind of get confused why they don't have the the right cards um the other thing as well is um the weapon the warlord weapon packs um they're eight pounds for the warlord weapons um if you want 
you're going to want weapons, right? If you want them to sit on your terminals, it's it's another expect it's another expense which you might not necessarily know. Um, but these are only things that you need to buy once um, if you want the official versions of them. The other thing people don't realize is that they go off to places like Forge World and they buy Reaver upgrade weapons like um, Vulcan Mega Bolters or they buy the um, warp missiles and the cards for those weapons do not come with the miniature, with, 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 the, with the weapon like they do for, um, say, the Volkite weapons. And in the case of the um, Ursus Claw and the Shock Lance, they don't even come in the pack that I'm about to tell you about. For all of that, you need the the Reaver upgrade, uh, the weapon pack, which is another eight quid. They do weapon packs for Reavers, Warhounds, and Warlords. Um, and it's only through the Reaver pack that you will get the cards for the Vulcan Mega Bolter Carapace weapon and the um, and the Warp Missile. Um, like I say, the only place you can uh, you can probably find them online. Uh, for the Ursus Claw and a Shot Lance. It is printed with permission to copyright in Shadow and Iron. And that's what I did. I photocopied it from Shadow and Iron and printed it on some cards. Um, but that is, it's a bit of a strange oversight because at least with the Volkite, they printed it on a, a piece of paper which came in the, it's only paper, but it came in with the um, um, the Forge World model when I bought it. So if you were to buy the starter set, Loyalist or Traitor book, the drop zone commander terrain you buy a warlord you buy a terminal pack to go with your warlord you buy a reaver um pack of weapons and you buy uh, weapon cards and the warlord weapon cards that chocks you in at 250 quid and to your point earlier on johnny most local gaming stores will stock this sort of stuff and quite a lot of them have got a 20 percent discount so really 200 pounds and £200 will give you everything that you need for a 1750 to get you started. Um, one of the traps that I kind of see, not trap, that's, that sounds too negative, but one of the things which always baffles me is when I see people, when, when, the, when the starter set is in stock, going, look, I bought this box of Warhounds, like two Warhounds on its own, and I just sit there scratching my head thinking, why didn't you just buy another starter set? Because you know, you know what? I, I, let's let's break. I, I'm gonna, I'm going to go super geeky here. Let's break down how much is actually in the starter set. So two two warhounds cost forty two quid, forty two pound fifty in fact for two warhounds. So already you're nearly at fifty percent of the cost of um a um a, a, of a starter set. Two reavers on their own. And you'll want to buy, there's two different boxes. One has got like the Melter Cannon and the other one has got the Gatling in. One's got the Power Gatling Fist. Gatling and Fist. Yeah, yeah, one's got the Fist in, one's got the Chain Fist on. So you want one of each. But two Reavers cost £72. So you've got £72 just for the Reavers and £42.50 just for the Warlords. You've then got, what is this, £21 for, the, for two Serastus Knights. The accessories you can buy online, like the plastic accessories for like the um, arcs and the um, battlefield assets and all that kind of stuff, that's available. That's £12.50. So just on that on its own, not taking into account the fact that you also get dice, you get terminals, you get um, the rulebook, which you obviously need to play, um, that's 148 quid. 
for, uh, worth of stuff that you get for 100 quid. And this is why myself and many, many people end up basically just buying starter set after starter set after starter set. They, the, the value is just... It's just incredible. And again, I've seen it recently at, at local friendly game stores. It's not even 100 quid. It's I've seen it for like 80 quid. Um, no, even individual warlords as well. Um, uh, I've seen down to as low as 50, 50 pounds yep. recently. Um, so support your, your friendly local gaming store and, and, and use them because it literally benefits you as well. It's so much cheaper. Absolutely. Yeah, it's... It it's it's so good value um and like i say none none of this is really kind of like any anything new um this year it's more like a refinement on the advice that we gave last year one thing i would say is if they release a maniple box that's usually even better value for money the precepts um maniple that they released last year was a warlord a um warbringer a reaver and two uh warhounds and i think that that at the time was about a hundred and something quid but it was like nearly 200 pounds worth of models like it was insane value for money like it's it's I'm being extremely gutted i missed that one <laughs> and, and that came with all the terminals as well including um the warlord um terminals um you know it i see it on ebay still being sold for 148 quid which is a significant markup on what that person has, has bought it for but it's still it's still good value than buying it separately um, so if they ever do release another maniple box, then do consider that if the Titans fit something that you want to do, it's usually worthwhile um, getting involved in some of those box sets. Maybe we'll see another one this year. Who knows? Fingers crossed. It's always good. Um, so yeah, that that is like your seventeen fifty. So you know, Titanicus is an expensive game. 1750 for less than 200 points like outside of games workshop games what other game is what other war game is there where you could get that kind of amount of stuff for your money 40k talking probably a grand for the most part to get um you know 1750 to 2000 point um sure you can the constant need to buy what's latest in the meta as well Whereas Titanicus is very, a lot of people say that like, oh, I'm not too sure about Titanicus. It's only like five different models or whatever, you know, um, obviously that's quite a cynical way of looking at it, but it's actually, there's so much depth in it that you don't need more than that. There's the um, chassis and then there's the maniples and then there's the Legio mm-hmm. rules and then there's the princeps traits and then there's the upgrades and then there's the stratagems. Like there's... No two forces will ever play exactly the same, and no two players will play them exactly the same way. And I, I, I agree. I think it's. I've always thought that when people throw that argument at me, I just say, like, tell you what, let me just give you a game and tell me if you feel mm. like that at the end of it. Um, when you've got that though, similar to your uh, what you were saying about the hobby supplies and stuff, and getting into actually the actual hobby of painting, like, there's always a next step, right? Um, and the next step if you bought that 250 quids worth of stuff um is probably kind of well if you wanted to, to buy more then the obvious thing would be <laughs> buy another starter set <laughs> two starter sets you know then you've got a full ferox maniple plus you've got extras at that point um there's so many maniples that you can do with four reavers and four warhounds and mix mm-hmm. and matched between the two um 
like for me that would be you know you could have a minimum um minimum ferox and a minimum um oh what's it called i've forgotten the name of the maniple now uh begins with a v um venator venator maniple um you could have um a minimum corsair and a minimum venator you could have um you know four out of five um corsair with a unit of four night lancers with it like there's so much that you can do with it uh, so mm-hmm. you know i'd always say like just buy another star set but if you wanted to go into forge world can't say fairer than a warlord carapace gatlings if you've got a warlord great weapon um they're about 22 quid from war uh from forge world um the trusty reaver vulcan mega bolter carapace uh top hats um if you've already bought the cards um in the previous um in your previous purchases as we said earlier on they are a staple um you see them so often they're good they're well costed great weapons um and they will supplement things like apocalypse missile launches very nicely um they don't break the bank they're 12 pounds um and of course battle bling kind of do sell equivalents of these for you know their own versions of these if you don't like the looks of the ones which are um which forge world do sometimes they're kind of like similar sort of maybe slightly less prices um than than forge world um and then while you're at it get yourself a trusty macro gatling for your warlord um it's another great weapon um the macro gatling with the plasma annihilator and the gatlings on top is my go-to um warlord weapon it's it's a great combination and it will open up um a bit more kind of versatility and i i I didn't really say this before but i would probably say if you are buying a warlord there's two types there's one which comes with two um uh, volcano cannons bellicosa volcano cannons and there's another one which comes with um two sun fury uh, plasma annihilators and an atrioc power claw i would probably buy the plasma version first um two plasmas is a strong combination uh, plasma and a fist you know is good plasma and a gatling is chef's kiss you know that that's my um that's my favorite combination really of, of weapons pretty sure it's also quite difficult to get hold of the volcano cannon version of the warlord at the moment as well so uh, the plasma version is probably going to be your your only go-to anyway but yeah yeah it, it is a lot it, better but if you can if you want to buy a second warlord make the second mm-hmm. one the um the the volcanoes because then you can you can mix it up right you can then have two volcano cannons on a warlord is not a good combination it'll hit like a truck but you'll scatter the damage all over the place because they're both blasts and it can get make for quite a frustrating game so if you buy a second warlord then see if you can get the the volcano um cannon ones and if you can't get the volcano cannon if you want the volcano cannon weapons they do sell on i think it's direct only they sell the sprue um Mm -hmm. on games workshop so you can just buy the weapon sprue and just add the weapons to your to your list um and you know that that what i'm talking about there that's that 22 quid for the carapace gats the vmb and the macro gatlin that's another 50 quid so you've rounded up to 300 pounds at that point before any discounts that you might be able to get from whatever way um and then i suppose we should give them a little plug but what self-deserving uh titan would ever go into combat without a name um 
check out the nameplates that the guys at Battle Bling do. They are like the sort of the the, the crowning um, piece for for a Titan. Uh, just adds that little bit of extra narrative, uh, which Titanicus is so great for. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you name it, you can get close to it. You can have some great battles. Oh my god, that was the guy who did that to my warlords last time that we played. And get a real rivalry going. Um, you know, and harking back to an earlier episode, we were talking about the um, White Dwarf released kind of a, a way you can make like heraldic banners and stuff. Like, you know, again, you could do a bit of that with it, you know, really kind of expand the narrative on that. But Battle Bling nameplates, the best kind of combination of quality and price um they can't be beaten on price you can get 10 nameplates for 25 quid there's there's nobody else i'm aware of that kind of is is doing that kind of value for money um on nameplates and they do a great variety um and if you do have anything you know, and if you don't if it doesn't quite fit I, what what john at um, battling always tells me is that a lot of people um don't realize that they can request any font like you don't have to stick with what is the um the the standard on there like if you like the look of something but you think it would look better in a different font you can suggest that font as part of the order and 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 change it so yeah it, the, the, for me i always like that titan isn't finished until i've got a nameplate on it it's it's how i kind of like know at that point that's done yeah just go go google translate english to latin uh, type in like rock breaker and then you'll get like a, a pig latin version of that which fits the 40k universe because none of their latin actually makes any sense really anyway yeah. um and then suddenly you've got like velatum bellatrix or some <laughs> something like that and suddenly it actually just means like giant turkey or, or, or something <laughs> like that um but it sounds awesome so so get get inventive i've, I've just got my um for my tritonus just got all my nameplates and uh, and terminal plates that can go on the, yes. the actual terminals themselves so that you can kind of link them with your titans i'm not sure the pro i think it's it 35 pounds you can get a a um, maniple pack which is five mm-hmm. five nameplates and five terminal plates so that'll oh, be yeah. the name of your um titan on your terminal as well um and again it just looks just looks great and if you're feeling extra blingy they've also even got the little uh the little um Oh, the, called the reactor nubs with your yeah own, the damage uh, logo and, inside. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's oh, yeah. really really cool. Yeah, it is good. So probably uh, if you've already listened to a previous episode, probably doesn't sound like much has changed. Um, I think what what it's done is refined. It's given for me. I I look at that now and I can see a clear path. I think it's removed some of the confusion. Obviously, this doesn't help if you want to get into playing knights. Knights are a different beast altogether. Um, there's no cheap way really to kind of get into them. You'll just have to buy um, the individual packs. Um, they also play very differently. Um, but if you are starting out in Titanicus, I think knights are something if you're interested in, you should definitely look at doing, but maybe play with Titans first. Yeah. If you're playing with knights, you're stripping out a big chunk of the rules. Um, you're not really doing the damage control phase at all, really. Um, apart from some very kind of vague methods with some of the Mechanicum Titans, but at uh, nights. Um, but start out with that, learn the basis of the rules, and then get a couple of get a couple of um, starter boxes under your belt, and then you've got four Knight Lancers that you can then use to for the start of uh, um, your your next household. Um, so yeah, go out, 
do it. What's your excuse? Um, if you're on the fence about doing it, get playing Titanicus. Still the best game that Games Workshop does. One of the best communities um, that I've ever been part of. Um, and while you're also there, maybe have a cheeky little look and browse through the patron channels because uh, there's a lot of good content creators out there at the moment. I'm not just going to talk about me, obviously, if you want to... Or us, I should say now. Um, obviously, if you want to support the show, um, you can support us from as little as a pound and this is helping us kind of continue to develop the channel. Uh, we're hoping to offer kind of more in the way of perks for um, those of you who back at the £3 up tier. You can currently get 10% off at BattleBlink if you are um a moderati sorry a princeps or princeps senioris tier um patron um which is obviously a good thing to do but there are other great um youtube and um podcast uh, content creators out there so um I, I you know check out people like um bottom of the barrel bat reps check out um the full stride podcast check out god engine cast check out um uh the eye of horus podcast check out um uh dizzy finger on uh on youtube and check out um um tabletop standards um that those guys um are creating some great content and helping to make uh the uh the, the, the titanicus community kind of like what it is today um and of course check out the Maximal Fire YouTube channel uh, where you can see me face and you can see Johnny's very hairy face with his big old bushy beard. Um, oh, oh, yes, like and subscribe. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're going to be kind of just popping in for, for kind of one episode or, or one bat rep or uh, looking to watch more, the, the likes and subscribes do actually do a lot for us. So just a click, go for it. Um, Absolutely. And uh, yeah totally worth it we can then start making more and better content yeah totally for you guys i think we've set a new or at least a recent podcast record <laughs> length here today uh, which is God, good we just chat crap don't we absolute for... talk nonsense um <laughs> so let's give these these lovely ladies and gentlemen a bit of a break thank you very much guys for tuning in to the channel uh for listening to the podcast um please yeah jump in the discord let's hear what you're talking uh, what what you what's on your mind send us any comments that you've got to maximal uh, fire at gmail.com um or you can find us on instagram at maximal.fire um hopefully we'll have some more bat reps coming out your way soon uh, and and more content uh, in the near future but um, i hope you've enjoyed today's show dissecting apart the um the the hobby process and getting into it um for people of all levels if you want to see something a bit more kind of in depth into like some of the things that Johnny touched touched on with regards to advanced hobby techniques, let us know, and we can look to kind of include that in in a future episode of this, or maybe in in some of our videos if that format is maybe a little bit more um, suited to it. Uh, but until next time, guys, um, it's a buy from me. That's where you're supposed to say, and it's a buy from me, Johnny. Oh, I thought it was the uh, go big. Go oh, Don't go steal go my thunder. Come on, don't oh, go okay. steal my thunder. It's like, Adios, folks. So, yeah, that'll, that'll <laughs> do. Okay. So, yes. Well, Johnny stole my thunder now. But, yeah, go big, yeah. go loud, go maximum.